This episode of Fresh and Buds is brought to you by Glue Moneris. This is the number one glue in all of Wraith. It keeps weapons together. It keeps equipment together. It keeps families together. It keeps my sanity together. This is the best glue that you can possibly get in all of Wraith. But we thank them for their sponsorship and for helping us out with this set review. It is part two, and I hope you enjoy this part two brought to you by The Glue. Go. Fresh and All right, we are here at the Warrior cards now. Certainly, you know, I changed real quick. You couldn't even see it. I have a beanie on. It's a small beanie. It's one of those small beanies, Bill. I don't know if you've ever seen these. Uh, oh, I've seen small beanies before. <laughs> yeah, they are. You know, they're all the rage these days. I get a little nervous when I go into the coffee shop that maybe somebody comes in with a smaller beanie. But uh, <laughs> then I got to fight them to see who's the, uh, the top small beanie guy. But yeah. uh, alas, we are here at the warrior cards and part two of the set review the constructed set review we're gonna get right into it because we're raring to go and we're gonna start with a big bang kasai of the golden sand the the upgrade of our old kasai young hero that we used to have that actually Mm -hmm. living legend now we have new toys to play with kasai the golden sand is a Warrior hero with four intellect, 40 health, and then the blitz, it matches two or four intellect, 20 health, and has a really unique ability here. First, says, if you've drawn a card this turn, your sword attacks cost one less to activate. That sounds pretty good. Well, how are you going to draw cards, Bill? Well, Kasai also has a once per turn action. Banish two reds and two yellow cards from your graveyard. The next time a weapon you control hits a hero this turn, create a gold token, which is quite good. That also has go again. I should probably finish reading the ability. (laughs) This is awesome. I think Kasai is really, really cool. I love any, I mean, I I play Levi. Anything that's messing around with the graveyard, I'm already all in. Kasai looks Mm -hmm. like a hero that I really want to play. I love Warrior and the way they play, and this seems to kind of do it on a, a different axis, which is which is pretty neat. So we'll see how good the the rest of the cards are, but on its face value, the design of Kasai is a fresh to death to me. I fully agree. We've seen this style of effect, um, the the very first one, in just Courage Bladehold. Um, and obviously Courage does block for two as well, so there's something to be said about the the value that that um, provides, but I mean, just giving your sword attacks minus one cost for the entire turn if you've drawn a card um, is pretty great. Uh, unfortunately, I don't believe we're going to have a lot of ways to make uh, bron- uh, coppers. I was going to say bronzes. Yeah. <laughs> <What the hell? laughs> um, yeah, there's not going to be a lot of ways to make copper, uh, much like what the, the previous Kasai's sort of shtick was. Uh, so blood on our hands isn't going to be as relevant. You're not going to have the big sort of pop-off turns where you're attacking with each of your swords a bunch of times, but she does appear to sort of bring herself to a more consistent, almost like mid-range, maybe closer to control style, because you do have the like 
the longer game if you're using reds and yellows you can sort of recycle those into a gold and then you pay into the gold to draw a card which then makes your sword tax cost one less and it just sort of like uh allows you to have sort of a higher floor on each of your turns so yeah everybody's going crazy for her and i definitely see why i think she's going to be a really really big uh impactful force in the metagame uh warriors in general i'm just a big fan of and i think that they they knocked it out of the park with kasai's design so yeah fresh to death absolutely yeah absolutely and we're gonna see that warriors perhaps might be the class that's going to make the best use out of gold at least you know bang for your buck here and you know if you just think about just kasai right you you pop the gold and let's say you you're on a turn that you can swing with both your centauri sabers you already made up for that those resources. So the golds mm-hmm. essentially pop for free with an additional resource if you pitched a blue into it. Now, we do have another fun little warrior here, and that is Olympia, prized fighter. This is yeah. uh, an interesting one. What does he do? Yeah, so Olympia is definitely an interesting one. Uh, he is another warrior hero. He has the same bog standard, four intellect, 40 health, or 20 health in Blitz. Uh, he's a warrior, I think I said that already, but his ability, nice and simple, the first time each of your attacks wins a wager, create a gold token. So, uh, interesting way that this is worded, it, because you can have multiple wagers on an attack, this doesn't mean that every time you have a wager that wins, you you get a gold, but if you attack multiple times and have a wager on each of those attacks, and you win all of them, you get a gold for each of those. It only triggers once per attack, but you can get multiple within a turn. Um, I think he's sweet. Uh, there is unfortunately sort of a downside of, um, there isn't an, uh, there isn't a payoff for the gold that actually lives in the deck. Um, there's a very popular meme that's been going around of that sort of bell curve of, um, how smart players are. And, uh, at the bottom and top of the, the scale, it's the gold is the payoff. (laughs) Um, and honestly, I, I'm into that. I really am. Uh, I think that gold itself, just being able to turn a blue into a resource and a card, kind of like what you were saying with um, with Kasai's gold tokens, I think is totally reasonable. Um, the fact that he can make them really easily too is uh, is like pretty solid. Um, this is sort of what I've been building up to in uh, referencing how I think that Warrior is like the perfect wager class. Because you're wanting to trick your opponent anyway and get that one damage over. Warriors really practiced at that, especially with like Dorinthia, just getting that one attack, one damage over each time so that you can uh, tick up your your Dawnblade. But yeah, I really, I really like Olympia. I'm really excited to play Olympia. He's got some really great cards and support. Um, so yeah, I think that he's going to be probably less impactful overall than Kasai, if I had to guess. But for me, he's still like a high fresh. I'm still really, really excited to play this hero. Um, yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, Olympia is very interesting to me because you look at the kind of face value here. It's not a lot going on, right? It's it's one line of text, really. And then you can you can just let your imagine or your imagination run wild from there because what kind of cards are going to be printed for Olympia and you know, you brought up that meme that the the gold is the payoff. Yeah, it is. You know, people were playing Crown of Dominion in decks before. Mm-hmm. Giving up, like, block on your, your headpiece for a gold. You know, obviously there's some synergies there, but, you know, obviously 
Olympia is also going to have those synergies. And there might be a world where, you know, we're playing Royal Olympia and then all of a sudden Regicide becomes the best card in the format. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It's oh, this. Man. This is a. I I love the simplistic design here. I think it's it's straightforward. I've talked about in previous podcasts where I look at Olympia versus Kasai and I'm like, okay, uh, Kasai is the expert level hero. Olympia is the more like you can give this to a beginner player and say, hey, this is plain and simple. This is what you got to do. Win your wagers, right? It might not be the easiest hero to play, but in terms of understanding and, uh, you know, kind of teaching people, I think this is great to see. So uh, let's see what kind of warrior cards we got. Now let's get to mm-hmm. our Majestics here. Well, actually, no, we're not getting to our Majestics. We're getting to Centauri Saber. Centauri Saber's back. That's a reprint. We don't need to talk about that because we do have cooler weapons uh, coming up. And I shouldn't say cooler yeah. weapons because we have a hot weapon. Yeah, right now. say hotter weapons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the first one is Hot Streak, which is a one-handed sword. So a lot of one-handed weapons uh, going on in this set. Uh, it attacks for two, and it has a once-per-turn action, pay one resource to attack. Classic kind of activation there for a one-handed sword. When this is defended by one or more attack action cards, Hot Streak's attacks get go again this turn. So... This card is bonkers. It's a rare, also, I should say. I think this, yeah. this this is maybe one of the better swords we've seen in a long time. And I'll explain why. I'm looking at this for Dorinthia, uh, right? So mm. Hot Streak's attacks get go again, right? That means if this happens to hit, you can attack again with, with this Hot Streak with go again. And then you can attack with the other Hot Streak or or even uh, the Quicksilver Dagger if, if you have that. And that has go again. All of a sudden... Yeah. You're off to the races, and you can do some really cool stuff. And that's just that's just like a Dorinthia thing. I think this is probably going to be really good in a lot of the Warriors. Um, I like it, you know, the mo- modality of being able to play one of these, one of something else. I think of like Kasai, might want to play one Hot Streak, one Centauri Saber, or something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of this card. I'm going to go ahead and say this is a fresh to death. We're going to see a lot of hot streak in in the coming months. Yeah, I think so too. Um, As has been really hot on this card too, pun definitely intended, because um, he he's he's looking to branch out from uh, Ranger. uh, Just for those of you who aren't aware, he still loves Azalea, but he's (laughs) like, I need something to do in the offsets when there aren't Ranger cards, and I think he's he's looking at Warrior specifically because. They have a really interesting uh, sort of like mind game style gameplay. Um, and he's really into that. And he keeps referencing Hot Streak as like, this is the reason why I really like the, the mind games because you attack with a Hot Streak. Your opponent is then forced to decide what they want to block with or if they want to block. And you can be like, okay, well, I'm going to like attack reaction wager this. And now I get a gold um, because you didn't want to block with this. And then it's like, oh, if you do want to block with it, then I have reprise cards. Um, and even if you you block with a non-attack action still, it's like, okay, well, yeah, I'm still going to be able to... Um, like, maybe you decide to block with a non-attack action that you wanted to keep because you don't want to give this go again. Like, it's just, there's a lot of axes that this this works on, and I think it does all of them really well. It's also just a really efficient card. It's just a one for two that, uh, like you said, you can attack with it twice in Dorinthia. 
even if you don't have another way to attack with a different weapon, you can then do something at the end of your turn, um, which Dorinthia usually doesn't get to do, which is sweet. Um, you could maybe even run that, um, like the blessing. I forget what it's what the name of it is, but oh yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. There's like there's the aura that at the beginning of your next turn it pops and gives your weapon attack plus three or whatever. Um, that you can weave that in. I don't know if that's good, but it's something you can do. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, I, I think fresh to death as well. I think this card is really strong. And again, for a rare, the the design of these rares has been off the charts. Really, really good job. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm windmill slamming this in draft. Yeah, I can tell you that oh, much. Yeah. Uh, the next card we have is tell us what it is, Bill. Perry Blade. Uh, so this is a really weird. Weird, weird card, and I love it a lot, actually. Um, so Periblade is a warrior weapon equipment dash sword, one-handed. And I say that specifically because this is the first weapon that is also classified as an equipment. Um, and the reason for that is because uh, it has once per turn action, one resource to attack for two. Uh, it also has blade break and zero defense because if it's defending a weapon attack, it gets plus two defense. So weird, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like it's it's just a, a weird card. It's really cool because it's just another sort of plus two life. You could have this as like your offhand um, in certain decks. You can just have this as you know this will be like damage that I can weave in until I need it to be two health, um, which I think is totally reasonable. We've seen. Um, similar styles of like i'll use this until i don't need it anymore uh, just with like flick knives and arachne um i'm just trying to get the extra value off of like hitting with um whichever one of the daggers it is it's like orbito classed or whatever um but yeah being able to leverage that and have it be modal within the game i think is going to be a really interesting idea i don't know if it's actually going to be good but the fact that it blocks for two is actually kind of relevant and again because it's a one-handed weapon you just run, you know, hot streak in your main hand and parry blade in your other, and you're just like, okay, cool, bam, and then I, you still have hot streak for the rest of the game. So, um, I like it a lot from the design alone. I give, I give it a fresh. Um, Warrior weapon equipment sword is a cool type line. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I like parry blade. I think it's cool. I think it's, I think it's potentially really good. Yeah, this is this is something that I, I think a lot of people had been hoping for for a while now. You know, even people have made some. Predictions, uh, you know, Bud Capolo had, uh, you know, I think made a card version of this like a year ago or something like that. And mm-hmm. it is, uh, it's interesting. I, I, I don't, I, it's hard to evaluate because I'm, I'm thinking it's probably going to live in some sideboards. You know, I, obviously I want to push it to the max. I'm like, I'm, I'm running two Perry Blades. I'm tanking up. Like, I don't care. Uh, but the problem with that is most warriors don't really have much to do. Um, or to close out the game when they don't have a weapon. Uh, yeah. Bolton could possibly do it, but it's it's still really cool. And I think I got to give it like a, a sideboard low fresh. I'm sure there's some like mirror matches or, or just versus warrior uh, that you want to bring this in just as a little bit extra uh, beef. Um, but super cool design. Super happy mm. that we have something like this and that they're willing to print it. And probably we'll get some more stuff like that down the road. Definitely. Now, next, we have another legendary, and this is a uh, humdinger. I will say that. 
This is grains <laughs> of blood spill. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I almost lost it there. No, we're good. Grains of blood spill. Gosh, warrior equipment, warrior equipment chest. Holy smokes. It's been a long day, folks. <laughs> uh, it blocks for two. Okay, great. Has temper. Great. Whenever a weapon attack you control hits, you may pay one resource. If you do, create a vigor token. Holy smokes. <laughs> this card is insane. I mean, the the block value here is incredible, right? I think there's there's no doubting that. And then just that ability to you know, there are times in almost any warrior that I can think of where you have a little bit of extra change left over at the end of your turn. And to be able to turn like kind of bank it for the next turn is pretty incredible because in a lot of scenarios at the floor, if you block out your vigor token pops, you can still poke with your sword, right? Yep. That is just so, so good. I mean, imagine, actually, I don't even, I was about to say, imagine if you're running Tunic too, but you can't, that's two chests. <laughs> <laughs> We're not at that hero yet. <laughs> We're going to get a yeah. hero like that, but uh, probably 10 years, but you can just run a chest in each of his equipment slots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, this, this card is, I mean, this is clearly a fresh death. Love the art. Just, Oh God, this might be like, honestly in the running for one of my favorite cards in the set. Yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> this this card's crazy. Um, we've seen the impact that something like um, tectonic plating has on a class like, like Guardian. And this, while it's um, like a little bit more limited, because obviously with tectonic plating, you can just pay into it. Um, you can just start your turn with that. Uh, with grains, you have to have a, a weapon attack hit, but it can be multiple times a turn if you just have that much extra resources you can bank two resources in the next turn and make like you say blocking out not that bad like you uh keep one card in hand um and it's like a one cost attack reaction you attack in with your weapon and you still have a resource floating for your attack reaction on basically no basically nothing like that's still a good turn um yeah, and the fact that it blocks for two, like they just gave everything temper two in this set, I feel like, and <laughs> that's crazy. Um, yeah, I think this card's cracked. I think this card's super good. Um, it probably takes over in most cases um, from Courage of Bladehold. Um, there's probably like, I mean, Bolton will probably still want to play Courage because you have the like Lumina Ascension pop off turns, but I think basically every other warrior just prefers this. Um, it blocks the same amount and you get value over the course of the game instead of just in one turn. Um, I love it. Fresh to death. <clears throat> really, really big fan of grains. Um, yeah. Pretty incredible, but you're pretty familiar with the next cards. Not. I really am. Uh, so this is actually the Spike Feeders preview card. Uh, it's Olympia's specialization helmet, uh, prized Galia. So I think this card's crazy. Once again, it's a warrior equipment head. It has temper two. It has temper two. And uh, at attack reaction speed, you can pay a resource and destroy it to give target weapon attack you control, uh, or you can make target weapon attack you control wager a gold token with the defending hero. So, full disclosure, when I first saw this card, I was just like, okay, like, whatever, it's, it's fine. But then as cards started to get revealed, I realized, 
all of the sort of wager a gold, just anything in the set are all things that are very telegraphed things that are like, you have to set up with it and then you attack and it's like, okay, this attack is wagering a gold. This starts in play and stays in play basically like until you need it, you can block, you can block for two. So it gains you two life. It stays around. And then what's the one thing that warrior likes to do, likes to choose their moment, choose their spot. So this just sits around until you basically guarantee that this happens. And then because of Olympia's ability, this actually reads one resource, destroy this, make two gold. Um, that's like such an insane rate for two gold that I, I can't even I, I can't even explain it. I think this card is like if you're playing Olympia, you play prized Galia. I, I think that's this is how the deck starts. You play like Olympia, prized Galia, and then like two or three cash in depending on if you're playing Blitz or CC. <laughs> um, yeah, fresh to death. Easy. High fresh to death. Uh, card's great. Card's crazy. <laughs> yeah, this card's pretty incredible, right? This is, you know, I guess this this could be the main helmet for Olympia. I have to imagine it will be. And then perhaps in, in, in um, I guess, matchups that you don't care about blocking, you can bring in like Crown of Dominion, where you just get the gold and you don't have to like do anything for it. But um, that being said, this does also give you two golds in a way. So yeah. it could just be th the choice here. I think it's awesome. Olympia is like so like straightforward. It's like, no, I'm, I'm wagering. I'm getting gold. And that is, <laughs> and I kind of just love that. He's no nonsense. And yeah. this is just, is just showing that that's the case. Fresh to death in Olympia. And uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's just insane value at rare, you know, and I'm glad it's at rare, especially since we're talking about constructed, this is going to be easy to get, yeah. you know, this is like the deck becomes way more affordable. And I think I, I, I really like that. We saw the chapeau and, and uh, now the, the Galea. So, you know, these fancy names for these, uh, yeah. <laughs> for these uh, headpieces. Uh, next we have hood of red sand. This is Kasai specialization uh, equipment piece. Now, this one is one block and has battle worn, which is still quite good. Attack reaction, one resource, banish a red and yellow card from your graveyard, destroy this. Target sword attack gets, when this hits, draw a card. This is pretty good, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if this is good enough to crack into constructed. You know, I, I'm not really like, really clued in on how Kasai is being built so far, but there's just one, the one block is really what's holding me up. If this was temper two, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, we're all in. Yeah. <laughs> but being able to block the one and keep it around, that's, that's fine. And the, the one resource to draw a card is, is nice, but you know, you also have to give up your, a red and a yellow out of your graveyard where, you know, you're also trying to do that with Kasai's ability. So that kind of cuts in on that. This one's a hard one to evaluate for me. I I think it's good. The the value is certainly there. I just don't think it's it's definitely not on on the rate of Olympia and Betsy's, for example. So I look at this and I'm like, okay, this is like a high stale, low fresh. I think it's a fine value, like you know, in terms of budget. I think it's going to be fine, but I don't think it's going to be good enough in in like the higher echelons of competitive play. I agree. I think it's tough to like a lot of these other hats, like you're comparing them against crown of Providence and like 
prized Galia, I would rather run prized Galia over Crown of Providence and specifically Olympia because it does what the deck wants to do. I'd rather run Good Time Chapeau and Betsy over Crown of Providence because it gives you like consistent ability to wager and value over the game. It's still and it still gains you the two life that Crown is is known for. That's like the whole deal. This doesn't do that. Um, and I think just based on my first impressions with Kasai, you're probably going to want to play, like I said, kind of more of a mid-rangey like style play. So um, having the ability to, you know, have the two life from Crown, as well as uh, smooth out a particular draw, instead of just having this be, you know, I'm going to attack in with this um, this sword. You know, this is another sort of thing where you can wait for the right time to um, make sure that the weapon's going to hit and you're going to draw the card. But that just feels a little bit less impactful than having the extra life and being able to sort of selectively smooth out a hand. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think this is probably more for uh, limited, um, just as something that Kasai has access to. Like you said, I don't think it's a bad budget option because obviously not everybody can just go out and buy a Crown of Providence. Um, so it's certainly not like a bad card, but when you're comparing it, especially in constructed to Crown of Providence, I don't think it quite matches up. So I think I'm probably right around high stale like you were. Um, yeah, I think that's it's crazy that this basically just says one resource destroy this draw card, and I'm like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 so tough too. It's it's just the fact that it's working. Like unlike the other ones, it's working against what your your hero is trying yeah. to do now. I could see this, the, the power level of it being like near the Galea and the Chapeau. I think if it said part of the cost was put a red and yellow card from your banish zone back into your graveyard, all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, yeah, look at that. Cool. That's so cool. But, you know, uh, LSS didn't do that. What the heck, man? No. <laughs> so um, It's okay. We'll get you on with Brian Gottlieb. You can, yeah. <laughs> you can swear at him all you want. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll love that. Uh, what's this next card do? Uh, so this next one is actually in the same sort of like vertical cycle as uh, raw meat <laughs> that we had talked about earlier for Brute. Uh, this is Beckon Applause. Uh, so this is the warrior arm equipment, the gloves. Uh, it has temper zero because it has, uh, if, you if you control an agility token, this gets plus one. And if you control a vigor token, this gets plus one. This sits right along with the other ones. I just don't think that this is going to be consistent enough to really get you the value that you want. In order for you, the thing that really sort of hangs me up on this one is unless you have exactly both when you want to block with this the one time, if you only have one, it just immediately breaks. So it's Iron Rot. It's Iron Rot that sometimes has upside if your deck comes together well enough. Um, so yeah, I... Don't really feel the need to elaborate more than that. I don't think this is very good. I think it's for limited. I think it's for draft, probably. Um, yeah, rotten. Don't play this. Play something else. <laughs> yeah, this card is not going to be getting any applause from me, so it's certainly <laughs> rotten. Uh, and yeah, I that whole cycle has just been that, right? And it's yeah. just, you know, we ha especially Warrior has so many great hand slots existing oh God, already. Yeah. So it's just... It's going to be a no from us. Now, the next card, I have a feeling, is not going to be a no. This is Blade Flurry. This is a Majestic. It is a Warrior Attack Reaction. It blocks for three, which is pretty important. Uh, mm -hmm. Zero cost. It's a red. Target weapon attack gets plus two. Your next weapon attack this turn gets plus two. 
I mean, this is this is just un- unreal. I mean, nothing. There's not much to talk about, right? It's just obviously you want to throw this on, like if you're Centauri Sabers or we're hot streaking, and you can go, you know, plus two to the first one, then all of a sudden your second one's coming in for a lot. It's great in Dorinthia, right? You know, give plus two, and now the second time it attacks is going to have the plus two. It is a zero for four at reaction speed. I think, you know, that is better than a regular zero for four. Uh, So it is broken over (laughs) two different attacks. It's a fresh to death, no doubt. I mean, I love the art. This is pretty incredible. And also, I got to say, if we get a ice warrior at some point, an elemental ice warrior, and their sword isn't called flurry blade, I'm going to be pretty upset. So, uh, LSS, please. That sounds so cool. Um, but... I I love that for the record. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, Blade Flurry is crazy. Um, this is the first zero for four attack reaction that Warrior's gotten access to. Um, Warrior is all about specific breakpoints and making blocks awkward for people. Like, even on... Just a base, oh my god, even on just a base Dawnblade, this turns both of your Dawnblade attacks into fives. Like, that's such an awkward number, and then you buff it up with literally anything else, and it's just, it's so much worse. Like, um, yeah, this card's nuts. Um, I I really want to put Hatchet Dorinthia back together, because um, Hatchet's getting... Like, it's just target weapon attack. It's not target two-handed or target sword or dagger or whatever. It's just weapon. I love that. Um, yeah, fresh to death. This is the new auto-include in, in Warrior decks. You just want to play a full set of this. It's it's so good. <laughs> it really is. It really is. So cool. Now, what about the next Majestic we have here? What does this do? Uh, so this one was revealed by my good friend Red Zone Rogue, also known as Kel. Um, he... Uh, is a very big fan of this card, and so am I, especially because of the art. For anybody who played Diablo 2, this, uh, this is the Javazon. This is the Amazon back in action. This is Shift the Tide of Battle. Uh, it's a warrior attack reaction. It pitches for two, costs zero, and blocks for three. And uh, it reads, target warrior attack with power greater than its base gets go again, which most of the time when you're attacking with a weapon in warrior, it has a greater power than its base. That's kind of what the class is known for. And the next time an opposing hero is dealt damage this turn, you create an agility token. So in a way, this is like the go again version of Blade Flurry, uh, except it's you get go again this turn and next turn. Um, This card's crazy. (laughs) Um, This card's really, really good. Like you were already playing um, Glint the Quicksilver to give go again. Uh, That one also draws a card, which is kind of cool, but like, then you were also playing things like hit and run to make sure that you had enough sources of giving your weapon go again. So agility tokens scale super, super well into warrior. Um, and yeah, this is just two sources of go again for free, kind of. Um, it's nuts. I think this card is really, really strong. Um, I the the th- the things that are sort of working against it compared to Glint the Quicksilver is that it is a yellow. And that it doesn't draw a card. The draw from Glint, Glint the Quicksilver is actually fairly relevant. But I think even with that, Warrior lives and dies by giving go again. Being able to attack twice. That's like the whole thing that the, the class wants to do. So yeah, I think this card's crazy. 
another fresh to death. They're really knocking it out of the park with these uh, warrior cards. <laughs> yeah, this is this is quite good. I don't know if I'm, it's it's not quite blade flurry for me. It's probably like mm. a low fresh to death, maybe really high fresh. The only reason is the the requirement to have your weapon or your warrior attack is probably worth noting to mm-hmm. have a greater power than its base is is like it's going to happen pretty often but there are are times when when where glint is going to do this just because they blocked right and you didn't yeah. really require anything else now that being said i do think this is still quite good i really like it in bolton because that happens way more and mm-hmm. bolton's also doing all kinds of warrior attacks not just weapons and they're getting buffed because of his ability so like i think this ends up being like a really solid fresh to death for bolton and then probably in the high fresh low fresh to death range for the rest of the heroes but the value is really there right and yep. being able to set up your next turn is is excellent love this card and Great. i love the next card too up the oh. ante <laughs> i mean this this is this is why I love Olympia. Like, and I think this is why a lot of people love Olympia because it's just these wacky cards with his basic ability that you're just like, I just want to jam all these cards. And up the ante is one of them. This is a warrior attack reaction, blocks for three. It is a blue and has the cost X. It's his specialization. It says choose X plus one. Target attack wagers and agility. I'm going to just say target attack wizards and agility or gold or vigor token. And then also you can have target attack get plus Y where Y is the number of times it has wagered this turn. So (laughs) at a base, you can place for zero and choose one of those things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You're probably going to just choose one of the, the token wagers. If you're going to do that now, the the goal here is to just pitch a blue. I look at this as a three cost, right? To get yeah. plus three and three different wagers at reaction speed. I think that's insane. I think this card's awesome. It's, I mean, obviously an auto include. It's a blue that blocks three, like at at the bare minimum. <laughs> this this card's insane. This is fresh to death. Obviously only Olympia, but Olympia is going to really love this card and. It's going to win a lot of games. Either this turn or the next turn. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, they made it a blue. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and like, again, with Olympia's ability, this basically reads, if you are using this in a capacity where you're going to be winning the wager, it actually creates two gold tokens. It's two gold and agility and a vigor, and then gives it plus three um, for a singular blue uh yeah this card's crazy this is another like fresh death in olympia if you're playing olympia you just play this card um like very very easy windmill slam into the deck. <laughs> yeah um also a big fan of the rules text of plus y <laughs> yeah. i think that's uh, the first time that they've had another variable yes yeah, i mean as in your opponents could be saying why are you doing this to me uh, <laughs> yeah. now what does commanding performance do Oh my god, okay, so Commanding Performance is um, a reference to another card that will become very obvious in a second. Uh, It's a warrior action, Uh, it's a red, it costs one blocks for three, Uh, it has go again, 
and it says your next warrior attack this turn gets plus three. Already a pretty good um, baseline for a buff. And then until end of turn, your warrior attacks gain. When this is defended by one or more attack action cards, destroy a card in the defending hero's arsenal. So, kind of command and conquer. <laughs> um, it is slightly more limited, obviously, because it leaves it up to your opponent, where they would have to block with attack action cards. But I do see this as like a sideboard command and conquer, essentially, in a, in a, a deck and potentially a hero, like for somebody like Dorinthia, that really doesn't want to play attack actions at all, because you usually play one of Nourishing Emptiness. So if you wanted to have like a, a Command and Conquer effect, you would be ruining the uh, Nourishing Emptiness potential value. Um, so this keeps Nourishing Emptiness alive, and also it's a buff for the rest of the turn. So even if you don't hit on the first one um, and you're playing, you know, not Dorinthia and you can still attack with another weapon, this buff is just still around and makes your opponent either suck a bunch of damage or have to block with an attack action um, to not die and then they lose their arsenal too. Like, I'm just a big fan of arsenal interaction in general. So I really like this card. I think it is more of a sideboard card than a mainboard card because against somebody like Kano, a one for three just like kind of doesn't get there. But uh, still a huge fan. Really like this card. I think this is like a high fresh sideboard um, in sort of very heavy attack action uh, matchups. Yeah, yeah. I think this card is is quite good. I love the continued kind of say like paradigm. That's hey, listen. You don't have to play CNC. This is this is awesome that I they keep seeing this for individual classes and it's great. And I CNC is still going to be good. Don't worry about it, folks. It's still going to oh, be yeah. a great card. It's be a classic and you're always going to want some uh in in some certain decks. Now, I look at commanding performance and I, I agree with you. I would say it's more like it makes the main deck and then you pull it out when you run into your odd Dorinthias or not yeah, Dorinthias, Kanos um and and what else? Uh, I guess probably Dromai to a certain extent. But even Dromai, this could punish. Um, but it's just good enough. And the fact that it's a it's a CNC that is progressing your initial game plan already, which is the best thing about it. And uh, uh, I'm super... I don't know if I'm excited that this is a card, <laughs> to be honest with you. But also... I know that yeah, as isn't. <laughs> yeah, but it is certainly, certainly cool. Now, the next card is... Well, this is interesting. We're getting allies in yep. a uh, different class. This is Raisin Army. It is a warrior action. It blocks for three. It's a yellow. It costs zero. It is a Kasai specialization. So this is a big flavor... Uh, kind of key moment for Kasai. Kasai is going to try to raise an army, right? You know, with the <laughs> gold that she has. So as an additional cost to play this, destroy X gold you control, create X Centauri sellsword tokens, go again. Um, now, the tokens, I don't have them in front of me, but I believe they are two attack, three health? Or no, three attack, yeah, two health. Three attack, two health. Yeah, you, you could read them if you, if you got it up. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I pulled it up. So Centauri Sellsword is a warrior token mercenary ally that has three attack and two health. Once per turn, action, one resource, attack, go again. Uh, but it can only attack if you've attacked with a weapon this turn. 
Um, why? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, this is this is. I mean, this is the game plan. It seems like for Kasai to me, right? You know, you're you're playing this like you, you kind of mentioned mid rangey kind of game, creating some gold. Perhaps you're like, well, maybe you use the gold. Maybe you don't because you want to make a bunch of these, and every time you attack with a weapon, it gets go again. Whether it's a hot streak or you glint the quicksilver or something like that, all of a sudden. You're just value towning with a bunch of one for threes, you know, that were out on the board. And that is pretty incredible. It's going to be interesting. I think once you don't have tempo, they're not going to matter, right? They're just going to be out there and they can be killed and it's going to be hard to make more of them. I think it's going to be hard, hard to like build back up the gold and find your other raisin army. But that being said, this is a, a huge effect in one card. And I have to give it like a solid fresh. I can't I can't quite push it up to fresh to death because there are some weaknesses here, as there should be. Uh mm-hmm. you know, I think if this was an auto win, it's it's not fun and not good for the no. game. But it's very cool and it could lead to a really big win. But also, you know, were those three two allies better as cards drawn from from activating the gold that would be determined in the game so solid fresh for raisin army yeah i i think that the the most impactful raisin army is going to be the first one that you play um any any subsequent ones i feel like you've probably used like especially if you're making gold off of kasai's ability you can only do that a finite number of times in a game um like and the the cost associated with it is relatively high having to you know use or discard uh somehow two reds and two yellows just to make one gold so you're probably going to want to make like probably two or three golds i think two or three golds is like a fine time to to pop off raise an army because you're able to turn a blue into six or nine damage essentially um you know after you factor in getting go again with a, with a weapon and attacking with it um being able to run that low to the ground especially like late in the game if you pop this off late in the game you kind of just early kadachi lock your opponent um which is kind of a miserable thing to think about yeah <laughs> um but yeah i i don't know why they decided to give allies to another class other than illusionist i think that that was like that that was fine we didn't need more but they did it, and uh, I do think that it's a it's a very good thing this isn't an Olympia card. Because mm. I feel like you could probably pretty consistently do this for, like, six in Olympia. Oh, yeah. My God. <laughs> and just, like, you don't even attack with all of them every turn, but you just have them available. You just have them, like, on retainer, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm right there with you. It It is a strong card, but it does have downsides. I think in multiples it gets weaker but you also want to run multiple so that you can hit it at the time that you want it so like probably a fresh maybe bordering on low fresh but maybe that's also copium because i don't want it to be good yeah. <laughs> because the idea of facing down like four or five of these cell swords is like very tilting to me <laughs> well it's funny right you you raise your army the first time and then the other two you just block with like unless you have yeah. some some gold running like laying around and then it fulfills yeah, they're like- still useful then it gives you yellows in your in your graveyard. It's it mm-hmm. everything makes sense here. Uh, but that being said, I think we're stuck on fresh now. 
the next card is do you want to talk about it here bill yeah um so the next one is cut the deck which is uh for the for those at home who are not uh looking at the at the stream and looking at the card art uh, it's a very funny pun because the guy has a sword and he's cutting a deck of cards in half um it's very funny uh this is a warrior attack reaction uh it comes in all three colors because we're now into the rares uh costs one blocks for three and it reads target warrior attack gets plus three plus two plus one uh if it's defended by an attack action card draw a card then put a card from your hand or arsenal on the bottom of your deck so kind of a weird like not really even a side grade just sort of a reference to um oh, what's the other there's another warrior attack reaction that uh draws and then puts a card back on top one of the iron songs not yeah, response, so, some... but the other one, the the, the one <laughs> yeah. for three. Yeah, there's a one for three that uh, reprise draws a card and then you put a card back on top. So definitely interesting in that case because um, it doesn't require reprise. Um, well, it kind of does. It's a more narrow reprise. Uh, it has to be defended not only by a card from hand, but an attack action card. But then you get to draw a card and then potentially keep the card in hand by bottoming your arsenal. So kind of similar to a uh, like a crown of providence style getting a card back into your hand um i don't necessarily think this is the type of buff that warriors need um like we were kind of saying with um with what is it commanding performance like not every deck is going to be running enough uh attack actions that they'll need to block with them every turn um this effect maybe feels like less impactful. So maybe your opponent just blocks with an attack action anyway and lets you do the thing. Um, kind of hard to say. I don't really feel this one though. Um, Warriors already have so many like really good attack reactions that this one just feels like medium and that's probably like not good enough. So I think I'm probably like, I think I'm probably stale. I think I'm like mid stale on cut the deck. Feels fine and like limited, but in constructed we have so many attack reactions yeah i'm right there with you i think it's like a mid stale it's like a the there is uses here and you know card selection is is good it's good good to have and you can draw into perhaps something that's better than what you had uh, a lot like that other card which we already have so it's hard to say if this really makes the cut there literally or <laughs> pun intended uh but yeah. it, it um it has all these synergies in draft and limited because uh, one, you can get rid of a block out of your arsenal and, and two, you could put a, a good card on top for clash and yada, 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 yada. So like, I, I just don't love it in constructed, but that's okay. It's a good option. It's a nice option to have. Uh, it could, I mean, it's still decent stats. So like it could be good enough uh, down the road uh, for, for other yeah. reasons that we don't see yet. Now, next we have, Fatal engagement. This is describing my first marriage. Um, this is <laughs> uh, a uh, another rare. Uh, comes in all three colors. A warrior attack reaction. It blocks for three. Love those reactions that are blocking for three. Uh, Costs mm -hmm. two, which I don't really love. Uh, but play this only if an attack action card is defending this chain link. So we're seeing a lot of this. But it does say. Target attack, it's plus five, and then plus four, and then plus three uh, in the uh, co coinciding 
colors. I don't love this card. I the it is unreal. Like two for five at reaction speed is pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. Is 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 two resources gonna make the cut in some decks? I just don't know. I think that's a little heavy, um, and I could see it being great and limited. And I, I, you know, I'm about to go to a pre-release tomorrow. I will lose to this card. I will tell you that. But I don't think I'm going to lose to it in in uh, constructed. I mean, if you have two resources lying around, I guess. You can pummel, but like not every. I mean, warriors not getting a lot of pummel <laughs> nonsense, but <laughs> with the swords. But I don't know. I I'm 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 pretty low on this card. I'm gonna give it like a, a low stale. I think it's powerful, but I just don't know if it's gonna make a a fit into any deck. Yeah, I I don't know either. It's like from my experience with warrior because you have so many things that you want to spend resources on anyway like you have to attack with your weapon you have to buff your weapon somehow um usually you'll want to spend like two maybe three resources total on that entire interaction um this like doesn't give go again which is pretty um like it would be crazy if it did give go again to be fair like to be completely real with you if this gave go again it'd be insane but um the fact that it isn't a source of that and costs two is just like a lot and in warrior if i'm paying two for an attack reaction it's going to be route which is essentially a plus six so um yeah it, this doesn't quite hit that mark um obviously like not all cards can or should be route um that card i hate playing against it it's too good but um yeah i don't know this feels very limited card. uh i like maybe the blue potentially because plus three is still fine and um but yeah the this is this feels almost like worse than having to worry about reprise because again this is like more narrow than reprise where it has to be not only blocked by a card but it has to be an attack action card specifically so yeah i don't know i'm feeling pretty pretty low stale on fatal engagement um it's big numbers it's big numbers. That's I will sure. say it also is target attack. So like, yeah, there is some flexibility there. It would be funny if, you know, you're attacking with a CNC and you lose exactly two resources and then they're like, <laughs> oh, they got pummel and then just block the 10 and you're like, no, <laughs> I got fatal <laughs> <It's engagement. 11. laughs> I don't build good decks. <laughs> oh, that would be so punishing. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an 11 for you. Now, what is Take the Upper Hand? So Take the Upper Hand is an, another attack reaction that I, I actually like quite a bit. This is a warrior attack reaction. It costs zero. Comes in all three colors. Blocks for three. And play this only if you've wagered this chain link. Target attack gets plus three, plus two, plus one. So this is essentially an Iron Song response that doesn't require input from your opponent. Uh, because you are the one that controls whether or not you're wagering. And this is like red iron song response is a great attack reaction. And like it's a zero for three. The downside is if your opponent declares no blocks, then like you can't use it to push for lethal. This one works as long as you have the ability to wager. Um, there's it's, it's kind of tough because there aren't 
as many very like super consistent ways to like make sure that you're wagering every turn. Whereas every turn you attack, you, your opponent could block with a card from hand. It's kind of a weird um, balancing equation that way. But I still do like take the upper hand uh, just as an option. Um, because a zero for three that blocks for three is still really good. Uh, I do like the reds of this. Um, honestly, I think this is like pretty, I would say like maybe low fresh, but still pretty fresh. The, the only reason it's low is because you maybe don't have a consistent way to wager every single turn. Um, but I feel like you'll be able to do it relatively consistently. And in those cases, this card's great because it can push to help you win the wager or it can push for damage to end the game. Um, and doesn't require your opponent to do anything at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you make a great point that, like, that is the upper hand. Oh, it has the upper hand on reprise in that way. <laughs> uh, and I like, yet again, I like that it says target attack. It's not weapon attack. Mm. That is very important. We're going to probably see some regular attack actions that have wager built into them. So there will be deck building, uh, like, relevant things there with would take the upper hand so i like i like it i think it's a solid fresh olympia probably only i i don't know how many how much wagering kasai is going to do but this this like good value at, at the red certainly I don't, I don't i don't really see the the blue and yellow uh see in play maybe the blue if, if you just need a good blue uh that can push it's better than a lunging press i guess uh so i don't know mm-hmm. um but uh, we'll see. I, I do like these target attacks for for yeah. warrior. Um, keeps things nice and open. Like it, it keeps your options available, which is really nice. Yeah, absolutely. And and it allows deck building to be a little bit more fluid with warrior. It's just like it's not all weapons all the time. Uh, we do now reach the commons. We have agile engagement comes in all three colors. It is a warrior attack reaction. It blocks for two. We're back to the twos. Uh, it costs one, and it says target warrior attack. It's plus three, two, and one based on the color. If it's defended by an attack action card, create an agility token. Now, this is kind of interesting. This is a, a attack reaction that sets you up for the next turn to have, uh, you know, a, a better turn mm-hmm. while also pushing some damage. The two block I'm not in love with, but... I don't know. I think this, it's like, unlike the Iron Song response, obviously this does cost one. You can still push the damage to, like, try to win if they don't block with the correct thing. So I kind of like the red. I'm not, like, super sold on it, but, like, maybe in Kasai, being able to guarantee that your your sword attack's going to go again sounds like uh, a good thing to kind of throw into the deck I'm, I'm not sure it's a little bit hard to evaluate but i think it's like a high stale here for me yeah i think i'm like <clears throat> mid maybe up to high stale um for agile engagement because like i was kind of mentioning earlier agility tokens are really good for warrior um the one of the main things that you want to do other than have good attack reactions is be able to give your weapon attacks go again. Um, that's something that's really, really important to the deck. So even though this one isn't as like flashy as some of the other things, I think it's like fine, especially for this one. I almost kind of like the blue 
um, because you don't have to hit with the attack to get the agility token. You can use it as a resource card, and then you can also sometimes just give plus one if you need to. Um, but yeah, I think like as a as a resource card, this isn't horrendous because agility tokens are so good. Like weighing it based on how Im impactful agility tokens are, I think this is like maybe even closer to high stale. Uh, I'll, I'll move away from mid stale uh, and say that like it's not horrendous. Uh, I do think that there are better options, especially like in constructed. Um, I think that like we've sort of seen so far, Warrior has gotten some haymakers so far. Um, but yeah, I don't hate the ability to create agility tokens kind of on demand. Um, really not so bad. Yeah, absolutely. Now we have another engagement here. What is this one, Phil? Yes. So this one is vigorous engagement, um, <laughs> which <laughs> I would argue is another questionably named card. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is exactly the same as agile engagement. It's target warrior attack gets plus three for, for one resource. Uh, it also comes in yellow and blue, so it pumps for two and one there. Blocks for two, and if it's defended by an attack action card, you create a vigor token. I think this one is less impactful than an agility token for the reasons that I already said. Like, obviously, creating vigor tokens is never bad. You're just banking resources over to your next turn. But um, with that being said, like, agile engagement is kind of a glint the quicksilver for next turn or like a, uh, like a hit and run for next turn. Vigorous engagement is um, an iron song response that refunds you on the next turn which is like slightly less impactful. Um, I don't like it quite as much as Agile. Um, I'm probably like more mid, maybe low stale on Vigorous Engagement. Um, the decks still do run pretty low on, on resources, so being able to bank one over turns is, is great, but I don't think it's as good as getting go again, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm at mid stale for this. I think it's it's like fine, right? Like, But we have so many great options that perhaps even just block more. I think the the thing I get hung up here is just the two block, to be honest, yeah. because I, I yeah. creating these tokens is very good, but it's just at a cost. Like I, especially vigorous engagement, you know, creating a vigor, I feel vigor is good to like give you a bigger turn, but not quite as much as agility vigor. And to me, I look at vigor. I'm like, I have the ability now to basically block out, and still apply pressure, which is pretty awesome. So I I, I do like uh, the agility uh, a little bit more than the, the vigor, yeah. but still decent. Um, next we have draw, <laughs> draw swords. <laughs> um, what's this, art class? No. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is a... I was about to make that joke too. <laughs> <laughs> this is a warrior action. Uh, blocks for three. Um, it comes in all three colors, uh, and it costs three, which is pretty hefty. Your next warrior attack this turn gets plus three. Draw a card. Go again. So interesting. You throw a blue into this. Maybe try to get something better than the blue. Is is perhaps w what the best case scenario is, or just another blue would be the the kind of the minimal uh, mm -hmm. outcome here. Refund. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. There's something about this I like, right? Um, 
in a way, I don't know, what's it, uh, Steel Sword, the the zero for three from Welcome to Wraith. Um, that's yeah. Uh, <clears throat> oh, um, Sharpened Steel. Sharpened Steel. So this is a yeah. lot like a a weird Sharpened Steel to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, that being said, I don't know if it's better. I just it's it it does say Warrior Attack, which I do like rather than just uh, Warrior Weapon Attack. Um. I think I'm like high stale here. I think it has some implications, but where um, sharpened steel is just better is you don't need to have a blue to play it. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe in Olympia because you're going to be playing a lot of blues and you kind of get to see more of your cards, you know, more, more often. I don't know. I draw swords and maybe I'm just like mid stale here. <laughs> The uh, the thing that I've seen about Draw Swords that makes me maybe slightly higher on it is actually something that uh, John Flukenbox uh, posted on Twitter. I think it was after the Celebrational when he was like, hey, by the way, with Kasai, um, because this reads draw a card, it makes your weapon attacks free for the turn. Um, so it's a That's buff true. that then discounts. So it's kind of a one cost plus three that cycles a card. Um yeah, it's like three is still a huge cost. Like you were already running, um, uh, what is it? There's there's one attack, uh, there's one non-attack action in Warrior that's like thrust or something, and it's a two to buff for three, and it gives it go again inherently, which is like it's good enough to play in like budget builds. Um, I don't know if the upfront cost of three is gonna make it good enough but it does have that additional interaction with kasai that makes it pretty good in that um you kind of get refunded the two mana uh the two resources like eventually because you're you're uh, getting the free attacks but it is a little bit weird i think i still am stale on it because three is three is so much and it's really hard to get past that <laughs> yeah yeah it's tough i mean it's like how often is kasai gonna have the three are you pitching a yellow and a red you know to yeah. do it and then yeah it's it, that does not feel worth it <laughs> the synergies are there but i mean i it's certainly i mean it's a limited card to me you know yeah it, the yeah. synergies are awesome there but i don't think as cool and, and constructed now <laughs> This is one of my favorite uh, card names in the set is Edge Ahead. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We're edge maxing to the max. This is a uh, warrior action. This comes in all three colors. It's a common. Uh, it blocks for three. It costs one. And it says your next warrior attack action. Uh, no, your next warrior attack this turn gets plus three, two, and one uh, based on the colors. When this attacks a hero, you may wager an agility token with them. Go again. So here is your ability to start wagering. Um, mm -hmm. I think this is good. You know, good stats here. Blocks for three, one for, th and a one for three, uh, you know, in terms of power. I think that agility is really good. I think I like the, the red and the blue a little bit here for like Olympia. Olympia is like obviously the one that cares the most about wagering. And then you get the, the ability to get a agility token. Now the cool thing about a wagering agility tokens rather than perhaps like clashing them is oftentimes your opponent's going to have to give up cards 
to try to block this out and they won't even be able to use the agility that effectively. So it's a low opportunity cost where you also have extra value off of winning your wager. So I kind of like a low fresh on edge ahead. I mean, it could even be bumped up to solid fresh, but what do you think? Yeah, I think the same. Um, Just sort of echoing the previous things that I've said about agility tokens, um, being able to create them in warrior is like always a good thing. I think that having an agility token at the start of your turn, even if you like, even if there are some times where you can't necessarily use it, I think you are just always going to want it Um, because attacking with your weapon is so like fundamental to the warrior class that being able to, to weave in that extra two damage, or if you have specifically buffs that care about weapons, like it, it makes them online while also being able to weave in some of these um, warrior attack actions that we'll be seeing relatively soon. Um, so in limited, it is like really good to have agility tokens and in constructed, I think it's still really good to have agility tokens. Um, this is uh, one of the things I was referencing when I first was talking about the the hat, the prized Galia, that there are a lot of ways to vi- to wager upfront, and I think this is a really efficient way to do it. It's another one for three, um, and yeah, it 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 presents your opponent the awkward choice right away, where it's like, hey, you are going to have to block this weird, um, and you might not even still be able to to prevent all of it because I'm still playing a warrior and I still have cards in my hand. Um, especially if you have like take the upper hand, your opponent's like, oh, well, I'll block this for six. And you're like, hey, I'm going to bump it up to eight. And they're like, damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, I like this a lot. I think this is a solid fresh as well. Um, just exactly what the, what the deck wants to do. Wants to wager. This is an Olympia card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Now, what does Engage Swiftblade do? So Engage Swiftblade uh, is... A bit weird. The art shows like a like a female version of Olympia. So there's even another warrior that we don't really know about. But um, we have a warrior action that blocks for three. Uh, it comes in all three colors and it costs one. Your next warrior attack this turn gets plus three, two, or one, and gains. Uh, if this is defended by an attack action card, this gets go again. So it gives it the hot streak effect in addition to a buff. Um, this one I like a little bit less than I like Hot Streak. Um, I think that Hot Streak just having that effect at its core is really impactful. But this being, you know, the opportunity cost of you playing the card and it being just specifically on this next attack, like if this is your only source of of go again, then I think your opponent um, just either goes like no blocks if they have the life total to to manage, or they just block it with a non-attack action and equipment. And then you're just kind of sitting there. I, I don't, when it comes to like go again, I prefer having consistent ways to grant it to attacks. So this feels not as good. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sold on this one. I think I'm like probably stale on, on engaged swift blade. It seems like it would be really good, but I feel like it just won't line up because it's another card that just gives your opponent the choice. Yeah. It, it becomes awkward. For your opponent in a way, but also awkward for you in a way, which is like Mm -hmm. it's a weird stalemate. Now, I do look at these cards and I look at the math on them, right? Like the one for one one cost here. And it makes me like upset that the only warrior weapon that we have that costs two to attack with is Beaming Blade. 
Mm-hmm. So, like I, I want to get the most value out of my blue sometimes, right? Like obviously you can pitch the blue, engage Switchblade, attack with a one cost weapon, and then still have a resource left over for whether it's the grains or whether it's for a, mm-hmm. an attack reaction. So there's there is ways to get max value, but I don't think this is the worst. I think if we see a two cost weapon at some point, this probably gets a little bit better, right? It just mm-hmm. feels like a like a really good one card attack play um but until then it's probably like high stale i think it still has some potential it has this weird um thing you know if they don't want to block it they they're still taking damage but and if they do want to block it with non-attack actions they're giving up their non-attack actions it's tough to say It, it it's weird that it's making the opponent have weird decisions like in a warrior way that's not in the reaction phase. <laughs> it's like, yeah. right, we're making these decisions hard first. And then, <laughs> now you got to deal with it. Yeah. So I, I, I like that they exist, but I don't think it's the, the best card here. So let's engage Swift Blade. Next we have Hold'em, which is a warrior attack action. No, warrior action, not attack action. It is, comes in all three colors, the common, costs one, blocks three. The red here is your next warrior attack. This turn gets plus three, and when this attacks here, you may wager a vigor token with them. This is a, a copy of the agility one, um, and it has go again. And it's, it's plus three, plus two, and plus one. I rate this probably around the agility one, but just a little bit less. I think that's that's just where agility is compared to vigor in, in my mind. So I think it's another guaranteed way to wager for olympia so that's pretty uh important um so winning this wager getting you a vigor and a gold is is pretty boss so mm-hmm. i think it's probably still in that mid fresh range to low fresh range and you just want your your max maximum amount of ways to wager i think yeah i think that's going to be the important thing is specifically for olympia is to make sure that you have you know, not even necessarily like a critical mass to wager every turn, but even to wager every other turns so that you're still getting value out of his effect. Uh, I don't think that there are enough cards really to make sure that you can wager every turn. I could be wrong, but um, but like playing Rainbow of Edge Ahead and Hold'em just kind of feels like you're not doing much. Um, so I think you're probably going to want to see if you can wager like once every other turn and still get the the value from from his hero ability which this would definitely do um in terms of how excited i am to actually play this card i'm more excited to play edge ahead than i am hold him specific like exactly for the reason that you said i think that agility tokens are just better um but this one is is not so bad because instead of um like vigorous engagement and agile engagement this one does interact uh, favorably with Olympia's hero ability. So you're worried less about the specific wager and more just that it is a wager outlet or a wager um, source. So, yeah, I, I think I like this as well. Uh, where would I put this? I mean, probably like high stale, maybe low fresh, because you do want it to be in the deck. I forget exactly where I put edge ahead, but yeah, some like one half step lower than than edge ahead. <laughs> Yeah, certainly the and I think the blues are probably like the most important, right? I don't know. Like it seems yeah. like Olympia wants a lot of blues, but uh, you heard it here first, folks. Bill wants to edge more than hold them. Um, 
And then I our believe last... the children refer to that as gooning. Gooning, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we are gooning right now uh, because we are at the last warriors only card here. It is mm-hmm. Goblet of Blood Run Wine. It is a blue zero cost warrior non attack action. It blocks two. And this is a part of the cycle that we saw with the other two. It says, create an agility and a vigor token, go again. I actually like this card. I think creating both of them is is quite good. And um, it sets up for, for some nice stuff. And you could do stuff after it. I think that's like the nicest thing. And, and it is a blue for, you know, looking at uh, like Olympia specifically. I, I, I really think this is a, this is a good, good card for him. Um, mm-hmm. that being said, it's probably like a low fresh. I think it's like, it's not going to perform like crazy, but it's a certainly like a, a glue kind of card, uh, that, that is going to make you have some bigger turns than, than you wouldn't have. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I, uh, I still like the, uh, the guardian one the most because of the internal, um, synergy that it gets, but. Like we've been saying, agility tokens are great. Vigor tokens, all of the vigor or vigor tokens uh, allow you to pay for all of the weapons that we have, at least in limited. Uh, and like you were saying, other than um, what's the the two cost one anyway, the two cost weapon. Uh, a vigor token will allow you to attack with that, and then the agility token gives it go again. So this essentially is one card allowing you to attack for free with your weapon next turn, leaving you open for attack reactions or for something else. Um, yeah, and then even if you don't need it to be that, it's also just a blue. Uh, so it can let you pay for some of your other stuff. So, yeah, I think it's good, too. I think it's a, a solid, like you say, a glue card, something that sort of is foundational to the deck. Not necessarily something super exciting, but something that just makes it run a little bit better. So, like, yeah, probably low fresh. I, I, I do like it. Yeah, and that's that's the warrior pool, like the warrior-specific pool. We do have some hybrid cards coming up, and... I think Warriors looking really cool. It's it, it's it's a lot of limited cards, a lot of limited synergy. But I'm looking at like Olympia as being like the coolest deck coming out of this. To be honest, as as cool as Kasai's ability is, Olympia. I don't know. There's something about wagering and and like running a ton of blues that sounds like a lot of fun to me. Yeah, you just the 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 gold is the payoff. Yeah, the gold is the <laughs> and payoff. again, oh my God, if he if he got um raise an army like if it was just a warrior card uh raise an army would be absolutely miserable to play against oh, yeah. it is a good thing that this is a kasai specialization because kasai cannot make as many golds as olympia can no 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 not at all and i mean it is it's oh man i don't know we will see now we do have some hybrid cards but all right what's this next card now that we're into the hybrids uh so yeah first hybrid this is going to be the section of brute slash guardian hybrid cards uh, so very interesting first up we have a piece of equipment this is a common equipment uh it's gloves it's the arm piece uh, it's called gauntlet of might and uh it has blade break one uh and action destroy this create a might token go again so i think very clearly a limited card um we have uh brute and guardian gloves that already fit this this role but for limited just creating yourself a might token like both brute and guardian obviously because this is in here they do care about having might tokens and they have payoffs for things that are attacking for greater than their base 
that sort of thing. Uh, I think this is like pretty specifically like a draft piece of equipment, but it's something that you will likely play. Um, there are enough might synergies that I think are good. I think this is way better. I mean, it's a different uh, equipment slot, but if you're thinking about playing raw meat, uh, just don't and then play this instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. Like whatever that rating is like probably a slow stale because you will probably play it in, in limited and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's, it's, it's a limited card. We have so many great options, but on its face, it's still not bad. Right. I mean, I would have liked it a lot better at battle worn, but it, it's totally fine. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, low stale, high rotten, but you know, not because it's bad just because we just have better options. We're living good out here with the arm slot, but, we yeah. saw this next card though a while ago. This is one of the first few cards we saw. This is Talk a Big Game. This is a Majestic. It's a Brute Guardian. Non-attack action. It is a blue. It costs zero and it blocks for three. It says choose a number. The next time you deal that much or more damage to a hero this turn create that many might tokens go again. So this is an interesting one. I like it. But you got to be calling your shot, right? You got to have, you got to know, you got to dominate. You got to know if you have, you know, uh, overpower or something like that. Or you got to be Reinar and have intimidated their whole hand, I think, is is pretty much where it is. I mean, there's scenarios, especially in Brute, where you could, like, like, just so happens you, you went really wide on maybe Blood Rush Bellow turn. And they committed their whole hand already. You can kind of break up the chain with this and then guarantee yourself some might tokens. Um, that's not going to happen that often. All that being said, it's hard to guarantee hitting on this as good as it is when you do. So I got to give it like a, I don't know, it's like a high stale maybe. Like it's still a blue that blocks three, but like it's so hard to like really call your shot. And you telegraph any kind of pummel or otherwise shenanigans. <laughs> so you're just like, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say four. See what happens. It's just like, um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so hard to make this work. But it's a very fun card. I'm glad it exists. Yeah, I think it's hilarious because even though you would, it would never happen, you could, like, legally just choose the number 90. <laughs> and you're, just make your opponent like for a split second be like oh god i died um but no like i yeah i think it's it's more intriguing in like i think very specifically bravo because you have access to specifically dominate on demand uh or reinar like you said on the turns that you quad intimidate and uh it's like okay your opponent has they've committed their um their equipment or whatever, and they don't have any cards in hand, and you're like, okay, well, I have, like, an Alpha Rampage or the side-graded Alpha Rampage. Uh, and you're like, I'm just going to choose, like, just to be safe, I'll choose six, and then you just, like, come in for six. Uh, or you come in for nine, you make six tokens, and then you crunch them again next turn. Um, I think this sort of fits in the same slot as, like, uh, Cast Bones, the the Brute Majestic um, that you reveal the top six cards of your deck. And then you get might tokens. Um, yeah, I don't know about this one. It's another card, like we were kind of mentioning with uh, all of the warrior defended by an attack action card deals, that it sort of puts too much of the um, 
the decision in the hands of your opponent um, unless you're able to remove all of their options. And I just don't feel like that's every single turn. So yeah, probably like pretty stale on this. It's fun. The art's great. Yeah. <laughs> guy, I want to, I want to be that guy, man. <laughs> yeah, me too. Sometimes I feel like that guy. Like, uh, uh, what does the next card do though? Uh, this is maybe the most like on the nose card name that I've seen ever. Uh, this is clash of might. Uh, it is a brute slash guardian attack. Uh, this is a rare, so it comes in a cycle of all three colors. Uh, costs two, attacks for six, five, and four, and then blocks for three. Uh, yet another brute card that blocks. Crazy. Uh, and when this defends, you clash with the attacking hero, and the winner creates a might token. So it is literally a clash of might. Um... I don't I don't know. Um it's a two it's a, it's a vanilla 2 for 6 at red. Um that gives you the option to clash on defense. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't feel this. I'm I'm not I'm not in on it. Um my tokens are good, but the fact that this is a whole attack that you have to worry about, I feel like this was created to smooth out either like the limited or sealed experience. Um, this does not feel like a constructed card to me necessarily. It feels like something that would be included in like the the classic battles Reinar V Dorinthia deck. So pretty low stale, maybe high rotten even, uh, unless I'm really undervaluing this card, but it just feels like you could do so much better for two for sixes, even even in this set. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a this is a limited card. It has to be. I mean there's so many two for sixes that block three at this point that there's there's no way this is finding a spot. Sure, I guess into like Dorinthia or something like that, you can just win a bunch of clashes and get some free mites off this card. But even then, it's really not that great. You know, yeah, uh, it's 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 totally fine. I mean, it's like it's fine, but yeah, so yeah, like, it's I'm not. Just, a- bad card it's just not exciting (laughs) yeah a low stale low stale uh limited card here next we have um battered not broken um (laughs) did they get this one from tumblr uh (laughs) this is a rare but only comes in one color it comes in red uh it costs zero it's a brute guardian instant the next time you would be dealt damage this turn, prevent two of that damage if you do create a might token. Uh it's a modal block two with a little bit of upside on the might token. This is a limited card to me. I'm gonna say low stale. I can't really see this being good enough to really make the cut even into like something where like I mean I guess like it it's a one card uh arcane two in, into mm-hmm. i don't know i even th- like even then like you just play yellow it's <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like you play like a yellow six in ko yeah, um, yeah so like i'm not a fan of this i mean it's it's really cool and limited because there's a lot of neat stuff you can do get around overpower and and like being intimidated you can place in response and still get some really cool value but for constructed i'm not really loving this yeah i'm the same i the the closest to good value that you could get from this is by blocking arcane damage um other than that like you just prefer to play a card that blocks more than that um like even the previous card like clash of might it blocks three and can also make a might token 
Um, you know, I I'm not feeling it. Uh, outside of like non-physical damage, and even then, like you're saying, you just play a blue or yeah. you know a, a yellow, even at the very worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, not feeling it. Pretty pretty low. Probably rotten. Honestly, I'm not feeling this card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's fair. Uh, maybe yeah. it is broken, not better. Uh, <laughs> what does uh, Test of Might do? Uh, so Test of Might is another block card. Uh, this is a gar- Brute Guardian block. Blocks for four, and it's a red. And when this defends Clash with the attacking hero, the winner creates a Might token. So very, very simple effect. Very, it, It's basically just Clash of Might, um, but on a non-attack card. That blocks for one more. Um, I... I don't know. I still have a really tough time just valuing blocks in general. Um, the winner creating a might token is like fine. I I just think that it's you're 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 giving up the opportunity to play something that you could discard to a beat chest to block for one more. Um, and I just don't think that's like a a worthwhile payoff. Obviously, this is also a guardian card, but like thinking of guardian stuff you can block better with with guardian in general um so yeah i'm not feeling this one either uh again it might be just because i'm prejudiced against block cards but i'm i'm i think i'm like pretty low stale on this one um my tokens are still fine but i just don't like block cards <laughs> yeah i think I'm, I'm a little bit higher but not much I, I think it is one of the less exciting block clashes uh that we have it works in in fine in in the realm of just the limited sphere, especially of the set, <laughs> and maybe it has some like uh, synergies with Victor Goldman, but even then, you get the plus one. I mean, sure, you give you give a, a hammer a little bit of extra juice or or something else. Um, <laughs> not not like thrilled with Testamite, but it is. I think it's fine if you need the blocks, but like. You know, if if we if it's a wizard meta, it's like when you when can you ever commit this card into your deck? Like it's yeah. so hard to like give up a whole slot where you're gonna just have to pull it out against some things. So, um, not super high on it. Probably like oh like a stale on testament, maybe yeah. low stale. Um, next we have a wall of meat and muscle. Love the name. This is another block though. Uh, it blocks for three. It's a uh, brute. In Guardian block, it's a rare. Only comes in red. When this defends, you, if you control a Might token, you may put an attack action card from your graveyard on top of your deck. Not huge into this one. You need to have the Might. It's really cool and limited. You got some cool synergies. Like, yeah, I got a Might because whatever. I want to clash or I beat somebody's wager or something like that. And now I'm, I'm getting this. Um, and I get to kind of recycle a card, which is a really powerful effect. Mm-hmm. But... KO is getting mites on a pretty consistent level because of his ability, but like KO doesn't want to play this card. I don't think. No. <laughs> so I think no, this is pretty you... rotten to be honest. I mean, I want it to be good. It sounds like a really, I love recursion, but I don't think it's good enough. That was honestly my first thought too was like, Oh, recursion is great. Like this card might be good, but yeah, like it, it blocks for three. You need to control the might token at the time of defending as well. Like if it was like when the combat chain closes or something, 
it would be interesting because then if you blocked with this and it helped you to win a wager that your opponent was attacking you with then like at the time of the resolution of the chain you could get the might token and then recur a thing um but yeah the fact that this blocks for three the fact that you need the might token right away uh like you're saying in ko ko is probably the most consistent might tokens you're going to be getting for brute and if you're not playing a, a a six attack card it has to be really good and i don't think that this is that <laughs> um so yeah pretty pretty rotten as well now funny enough paired with this next card <laughs> it's pretty insane but what is the next card uh so yeah next card with next start up uh, next card up is mighty wind up um it's uh we're now into the commons this is a brute guardian attack action they block for two cost three uh and attack for seven six and five so like a three for seven not horrendous um and it has a very very simple line of text instant discard this create a might token so this is just an on-demand might token um I think it, it definitely is there to uh, fill some gaps in a limited environment, um, you know, with the payoffs like Wall of Meat and Muscle, potentially. Um, you can also, like, if you have this in your hand going into your turn and you prefer to have the Might token as opposed to the 3 for 7, then at the end of your opponent's turn you can discard it to go in with a, a Might token, but... Yeah, I feel like this is just there to sort of smooth out some draws in Limited. Um, it's not... The the 3 for 7, or even like a 3 for 6, is like not bad. This also, in KO, uh, for, for Limited purposes, counts as a 3... Uh, uh, blue 6, because the blue is a 5. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it blocks for 2, which is pretty rough. And uh, just creating a Might token is medium. So... I think this is like a, a limited stale. I think this is like going to be something that maybe holds your deck together in some capacity, um, but it is not an exciting card. Well, I, I'm going to disagree with you, Bill. <laughs> I think oh, this is an here exciting. Here we go. I mean, there is another one of this card in a cycle that is more exciting, but this is also exciting because we're seeing it first here. Uh, mm -hmm. Reinar gets a free Intimidate off this. Um, oh. KO gets a free Extra Might. Uh, Leviah gets to just mites. create a mite and start filling the graveyard with with probably the yellow, but you can also play the red. Um, and then in KO, you're just playing like the blues and just kind of off to the races. You could do it at instant speed. So turn zero, you can create mites to start your first turn with some mites. And then also actually with that last card, you can... <laughs> Block with this instant speed, mighty wind up, create the might, return that back to your top of your deck, which is pretty cool. That's more of a limited thing. I just want to say that's a that's yeah. a fun interaction. I think th these. I mean, I'm not even looking at these for guardian. I think in brute, um, some form of these are going to be playable. Uh, just free intimidates on Rhinar plus a, a might token i think it's just good enough and we're going to see another one as we get closer to the end that is even more insane uh these yeah. these are insane turn zero or turn one plays because mm -hmm. you get to just set up for a your first turn with with uh with some really good gas so i don't know man i these are quite good <laughs> no i just totally blanked because every time i think about reinar discarding 
I know in my head that it's not whenever you randomly discard. I know that it's when you discard. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it just didn't click that like, oh, discard this. That triggers Reinar. That's crazy. That's actually <laughs> so cool. Damn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm higher on this card now. This card's cool. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like a solid fresh. I don't think I don't think this one is as high as the next one we see, but um, yeah. but it is quite good. I think the blues are auto includes in KO because uh, there's still sixes, blue sixes that can also create two might tokens. And uh, you can do my tokens is a great rate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty nuts. And at at the floor, I mean, at the floor, you can block for two, whatever, or you could just attack for seven, six or uh, five, which is not that bad either. Um, And Levi also really loves these cards more. So the next one we see, but uh, Mm -hmm. pretty cool. Um, The next card though is rising power, which is, Another Brute Guardian card, which is a common. Comes in all three colors. It's a six attack, uh, two defense at the red. It costs two, so it comes in five and four as well. If you've drawn a card this turn, this gets plus one. I will say this is a limited card. Pop a gold, get some, some action, maybe play a wild ride into this. You get a little extra juice, you know, I... It's it's totally fine. I look at this as limited. This is this is like low stale for constructed. Maybe regular stale for constructed. There's still some stuff that works. I mean, at the yellow, at least it's a six for KO. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the if you've drawn a card this turn, I feel like it's gonna be tougher for um Brute and Guardian generally. Um they don't tend to draw cards on their own turn. Um even with some of the stuff that we have, like even with the gold tokens, I, I mean, I, yeah, I guess like Victor can draw cards on his own turn, uh, pretty, re- pretty reliably. But Brute, Brute does it pretty um, often with the draw discard. But that's um, true too. But even yeah. then, like a two, a two for seven is a good rate. But like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure either. Yeah, probably, probably around stale as well. You can tell I'm not a very. Um, consistent brute player i just keep forgetting about all these interactions <laughs> no it's all good it's all good i mean it's a fine card yeah we'll just stale it's gonna be really i think it's gonna be like a nice glue card and limited but this is constructed only now yeah <laughs> what does wage might do wage might another very on the nose card uh this is a brute guardian attack uh it costs three comes in all three colors and attacks for seven six and five uh blocks for two and when this attacks a hero, you may wager a might token with them. Wage might. Um, I would say this one is probably like going to be more. I could I could see this as just being like a card that you play to fill out the the deck list in like Betsy, because again, it's just a consistent this wagers. Um, so this could be. Two cards, um, you, you pay for this and then for Betsy's ability with maybe one floating or whatever um, to give it plus one and overpower and then also wager a might token. Like, not exciting, not bad. Um, even the yellow, I think, is fine because it bumps it up to a uh, to seven, which is like a pretty decent one. Uh, maybe even the blue. I think if you want to play this, you'd probably play the blue because it goes up to six with overpower. So that's still pretty awkward for your opponent to to block. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't see this in brutes necessarily. I do see it in Betsy. Um, but I think that's about it. 
I mean, it's it is a common. I think it's it's there for for limited purposes. It's not bad. Like recurring sources of wager, I think are just good, especially in this set. Um, so I think this is probably just something that that fills out the deck list. Um, so yeah, probably like a I, I would say honestly like a high stale for the blue. I, I'm actually like not super out on uh, on wagering just in general. Yeah, I can I can see that. I think they're totally fine. Uh, Might is the weakest of them. We're gonna see an agility one. I think that one's gonna be really exciting. <laughs> but for the the purposes of this, I mean, you do have to commit cards. I think Might is one of the easier ones for your opponent to block out and still get value out of. So <laughs> that like kind of dings it here for me. I think it's probably a stale. Um, but if you're looking for ways to wager. Although, I mean, I'm more interested in, in ways for Warrior to wager right now. Um, but uh, I think it's still fine. The stats are there. Um, it's just a matter if there's any room for a two block uh, in, in these decks. So, yeah, wage might. On the nose, they're killing it with the names. They're either really <laughs> dirty or exactly what they do. <laughs> now, next we have Lead with Power. This is a Brute Guardian non-attack action. Comes in all three colors. It's a common. Blocks for two. Costs one. The red is your next Brute or Guardian attack this turn gets plus three and create a Might token. And then has it also says go again. Um, and then it's plus two and one. Uh, one for three plus a one on the next turn is not the worst. I don't think I love it in Guardian. To be honest, um, I think Guardian has more efficient things to be doing. Brute is not that bad, right? You know, you pitch like a blue, you get plus three, and then you, you go into like a two for six, you get two for nine. Uh, all that being said, it's a two block. I don't know. I, I think there are just better options. I'd rather be playing a barraging beatdown or something like that. And, um, for that reason, I think it's this is like a stale. Like I think the stats are fine. It's just it's just uh, not exactly what I want to be doing. But the might token next turn is totally fine. So that's why I'm going to give it a stale. Yeah, I think I'm about the same. the The thing that sort of saves this for me is that it's just brooder guardian attack and not attack action card. Mm -hmm. So it still works on weapons. But even then, like you're saying, like this is. Most of the time, this is just a come to fight with a might token stapled to it, um, which like come to fight is a great limited card. I know that like it's it's totally reasonable and limited, and I think this will also be really reasonable and limited, especially with the um, the might token synergies that we get with a lot of the cards that are in the set. Um, but I don't think that's going to be impactful enough in constructed for it to really make a difference. Um, like you're saying, I think uh, Barraging Beatdown is just a better buff uh, <laughs> pretty much every time in Brute. And in Guardian, you get things like Terra Sunder, uh, <laughs> which you pay two more for, but it gives Dominate and a absolutely abhorrent on hit. So, um, yeah, I don't know. In Limited, I, I think this card's fine. Yeah. Um, but in Constructed, I don't see it making making very many waves. Yeah. So probably, probably pretty stale, maybe low stale even. Yeah, um, even thinking about like Bonebreaker Bellow, which we saw earlier, or yeah, you know that yeah, in Reinhardt's one, yeah, yeah, that one's giving an intimidate or a might token for KO, like whether you know depending on which brute hero you're playing. So like 
that's just way more value. So, uh, Lee with power, yeah, probably still. So, that's the the brute guardian hybrid stuff. A lot of I think probably the hybrid stuff's gonna be a lot of like limited, uh, kind of bread and butter stuff. Kind of f- fill out the drafts and stuff like that. Make some really interesting choices for you know. Well, do I do I just stay open and and pick the lead with power or whatever? And uh, it's not as useful for constructed, but still some cool stuff. Definitely. Um, They're just like kind of playing with the space, too, of being like, what do we do that uh, overlaps Brute and Guardian? And I think the cycles that they did with like what classes care about what tokens uh, really makes that pretty easy. Like every single one that we saw here just creates a might token because that's the one that the two classes have in common. And then uh, spoilers, but the next one is Brute and Warrior and they care about agility tokens. So all of those um, make or or worry about agility tokens. So I think that's a really nice way to sort of tie them together and have a card that makes one type of token, but have it fit in both classes. I think that's uh, that's a good way that they, they've approached this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Boom. Costume change. We are at flat trackers, folks. We are at the brute warrior equipment and, and so on and so forth. The hybrid cards for brute and warrior. And the first one we have here is pretty interesting. It is flat trackers. As I said, it is the leg piece at common for brute warrior and it has blade break and one defense and it has one action that says, destroy this, create an agility token, go again. So, this one is pretty interesting. It's maybe better in Warrior than Brute because Brute does have some great options at uh, the the foot leg piece slot, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, like Scab Skin is obviously great. It's not very, like, the most reliable to get the extra action points, but you have uh, Beaten Trackers, which kind of works with, I think that's what they're called, Beaten Trackers. That, yeah. Uh, when you discard something at random, you can pop them to get an action point. Um, this is easier for setting up a turn, uh, and it doesn't really cost you an action because it has go again. So I, I don't love that it's blade break because you only get the one defense or the agility token. So I'm probably around stale on it just because of the better options out there. Even for warrior has better options, but uh, it can be something for some guaranteed uh, go again. Now agility tokens are great, but it also telegraphs your next turn big time. So that's where I'm at with flat trackers. Yeah, that was the one thing that I was, uh, I just sort of came across as I was thinking about it while you were uh, going through your points. I do like these as like a budget option for feet. Um, Like agility tokens, give give and go again is like pretty powerful. Obviously we have Snapdragon scalers as like a mainstay of a lot of aggressive decks. Um, This is obviously like a turn slower than Snapdragon scalers, but it isn't, uh, you don't, it doesn't have to be for, um, what am I trying to say? It works on any attack, not just ones that cost one or less. Uh, whereas Snapdragons is just for small attacks. This could be for any attack. It could be for a weapon attack. Um, so it does have a lot of versatility there. Um, yeah, I actually like don't hate this as a piece of budget equipment, even in constructed formats, um, if this is an effect that you really need. Uh, especially in Brood and Warrior, if you're giving go again to your big attacks, you're probably doing something pretty crazy. So yeah, I think I'm like, maybe a little bit higher still in stale, probably like high stale. Um, but I'm kind of surprised with how much I like these. They would 
I, I think these could have afforded to have battle war. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think, like, especially on pieces of equipment like this, I feel like battle worn isn't as much of a design mistake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I can see why they did it, but I think this could have had battle worn and still been fine. <laughs> yeah, probably would have been too good for limited, and that probably is the only reason it doesn't yeah. have battle worn. If this was a supplemental set, I think it almost guaranteed had battle worn. Because um, it's on par with something like Beaten Trackers. Now, what does the next card do? Uh, so the next card we've known about for a while, um, but it is still a fun one, and I'm excited to talk about it. It's Runner Runner. Uh, this is a majestic Brute Warrior action. Uh, it's an attack. Uh, it comes in red. It costs two, attacks for six, and blocks for three. Another Brute card that blocks, probably because it's a Warrior card. Um and when this attacks, if it has go again, you create an agility token. So if you've already given this go again with an agility token or with some other source, then it allows you to, it, it refunds you that agility token for the next turn. Um, so kind of a, a, like a pretty simple effect, all things considered. But um, looking at this in context, like it's a six, so you can play it in brute and not feel too bad about it. Um, if you wanted to attack with this instead of your weapon in Warrior, it gives you something that you can potentially do next turn. Like we were just saying, like agility tokens are pretty good. So um, I actually, I, I don't hate this card. I don't know exactly where it fits because it feels like, it feels like it's more of a brute card than it is a warrior card. Um, I could be wrong because there's obviously a lot of um, switch up with the uh, the paradigm of warrior having attack action cards that matter now. I mean, Bolton, I know, but you know, um, non light warrior attack actions. So it's a little bit weird. Um, I don't hate it, but I don't love it really outside of brute. I do like it in brute because it allows you to have multiple sort of impactful turns in a row um yeah i don't know this this one's kind of weird i thought i was going to come up with a a rating scale uh for this one as i was talking and i'm still kind of missing it i think i'm like low fresh i do like it it's still a six so at the very bare minimum in brute it's still something that discards to to affect but uh and it blocks for three which is something that brute cards basically never do (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah i i I think for brute i i can't really see the i mean you can play this in Warrior, and I think it's fine. I don't really know if Warrior's doing any of this right now. I mean, if if there's a lot of agility creation in a Warrior deck, I think this is a pretty good popper to throw in your deck anyway. You know, mm-hmm. with like, if you're creating the agility tokens anyway, to start off with a six and then set up for your next turn, I, I do like it. In Brute, I do think it's quite good especially if you're running a card that we haven't talked about yet. But uh, if you're creating agility tokens in Brute, uh, which is the best way to kind of give Runner Runner go again, uh, then you get to set up for better turns. And, you know, it might not even feel the worst if you can't, if like Runner Runner has go again, you create the agility token, then you can't do something else. But you still kind of just kicked it down the road to the next turn and you still presented a six. And it only costs two, and it blocks three, and it has six. I, I think it's just like a really solid card. It's it's nothing flashy in, in a lot of ways. You will see it do some pretty insane things, um, you know, that kind of you don't even see on its surface. But I would give it like a solid fresh, but could go up to a, a higher fresh if you're running a lot of agility um, token generation. But it's 
it's a really interesting card. Yeah, oh. something that I uh, actually do like about this. They have printed several majestic two for sixes, but most of them recently have blocked for two, mm-hmm. and this one blocks for three. So this is like uh, as close to uh, Command and Conquer, <laughs> like that you're gonna get in terms of just like a stat line. Um, the it, its effect is obviously not nearly as impactful, but uh, it is still pretty good. I think, like you're saying, you're even just delaying your agility token. So, um, hey, the agility yeah, token cool that it creates could work with the CNC that you play the next turn. How about that? There you go. That's I'm vomiting <laughs> right now. <laughs> Uh, next, we have a cycle of rares. Uh, we also saw uh, one of these cycles in the Brute Guardian stuff as well. This is uh, Clash of Agility. Uh, it is a two for six with three block uh, and then has five and four on the uh, attack for the yellow and blue. It says, uh, this is the red, when this defends, clash with the attacking hero. The winner creates an agility token. So... This is tough. I I don't really love a lot of the non-Guardian Clash stuff, to be honest. This is the most, maybe one of the more powerful payoffs at this cycle, where you get the agility token. Like, if you can just commit one card, win a Clash, and get an agility token for your next turn, that's awesome. But that being said, there's so many matchups where, well, one, it could either just be your clash could be a blank if you're running into the the mirror on uh, uh, like the brute mirror. And mm-hmm. then you, you're just losing to guardians, right? And that is tough. I think there's going to be a lot of guardians running around. So like that's a real cost to play these clash cards in non-guardian decks. So that being said, it, the payoff is good. I can't really see warrior playing this one either. I mean... They really have to be all in on playing attack actions if that's the case. And I see this as a limited card mostly. So I'm going to give it like a a a, a stale based on how many Guardians are in, in the meta. It could go down to Rotten, to be honest. But uh, that's where I'm at with Clash of Agility. Yeah, I'm right in that camp too. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't want to play this in like a constructed format if you're playing a Warrior deck uh, outside of... Bolton, but even in Bolton, like you're running so many of the light warrior attack actions that charge that are like for one or two or three. So like most of the time in warrior, you're revealing like an attack reaction or stuff because you're still going to be running those. You're still a warrior deck. You want to run around the um, the reaction phase. So yeah, this does not feel like a warrior card or at least a card that you want to play in a warrior deck. In Brute, I think it makes a little more sense, but like the fact that it's a two for six that um that at red so you can really only play like the yellow in ko if you're really pushing for this sort of thing um i don't know that it does enough so yeah i think i'm i'm probably in that sort of low stale area uh in in warrior i think this is rotten i think it's a trap don't play clash and warrior <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it makes sense within the the parameters of this set Limited, within like but... limited and yeah it makes sense like play it if it's a playable card but i, I don't think that you're going to win a lot of clashes if you're playing this in a constructed warrior deck <laughs> no certainly not i mean the, the winning the clash is huge but you got to be able mm-hmm. to win the clash <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. where it comes uh down to yeah, don't now... just give your opponent an agility token <laughs> yeah yeah well, i mean that's not great either because they get a whole turn to s- decide whether they're going to want to try and use it um 
what is the next card here, which is a rare? Uh, so the next one is another questionably named card, but take it on the chin, baby. <laughs> it's the the Brute Warrior Instant. Uh, it it costs zero, and it only comes in uh, one color. It comes in red. And uh, it's the next time you would be dealt damage this turn, prevent two of that damage. If you do, you create an agility token. So basically just an like an arcane barrier two, or it works for any type of, of, um, of damage, but you know, that's kind of the effect that you're looking at just to prevent two. If you do end up preventing damage, you create an agility token, which is like not a bad payoff. Um, just zero or like an entire slot on a red card that only prevents two damage doesn't feel great. Uh, it feels pretty below rate, especially when people are like already not playing fate for scene. Um, you have something like Oasis Respite, which prevents four for one more resource, uh, and then also gains a life if you're behind. So you're really trying to leverage that, the like prevent four plus one health for one resource versus this doesn't cost anything, only prevents two, but it makes you an agility token. And as we were saying, agility tokens are really good. I just don't know if it's that good. Um, I think I would rather play like a yellow of anything or a blue if you're worried about arcane damage because um, it'll prevent up to three. Um, I don't know. This just feels like a very very narrow sort of thing. It does prevent any type of damage, which we've seen is really useful, but again, you're up against Oasis Respite, and that's a tough spot to be in. So I'm not feeling this one. Unless I'm missing something, I'm going to put this one probably in like stale, um, maybe even low stale. Um, again, it just kind of feels like a trap. Um, I think there are easier ways to create agility tokens than dedicating a slot to this in a constructed deck. Yeah, it feels weird to kind of commit to a red defensive only card just to create an agility token. Like we just saw that clash cycle where that at least can attack for six mm -hmm. um, if, if you're not defending with it. And yeah, this is just like a tough, and you made a great point. Like just play the a blue. You know, this is like, yeah. it, it will it will effectively do a lot of the same stuff, even if you're on Skullhorn or something like that. And, you know, looking at Warrior, I don't think Warrior really wants this at all either. So, um, yeah, yeah. we're not going to be taking this one on the chin. But <laughs> if we did, we might run into trouble. <laughs> um, the <laughs> next card is Run Into Trouble, which is another rare um, that is, well, Bill's favorite card type, a Brute Warrior block. Uh, it is a red. When this defends, if you control an agility token, deal one damage to the attacking hero. This is a limited card. Uh, I, I it, Even if you were creating agility tokens enough to make this uh, work, I it's a red. It's not. It's a block, which is, you know, has its downsides. This works great within limited, but it's going to be a rotten for constructed, to be honest. Yeah. Um, dealing one damage on block has been really good. Like we've seen that with, um, oh, I always forget the name of the brute one. It's, is it reckless swing? Reckless swing. And then yes. riptides and steel blade shunt and riptides traps. Like we've seen dealing damage on block uh, be very effective. But again, this is a red that only does one thing. And if you're not, you, if its ability doesn't happen, if it's not like lined up with the agility token right there for you to deal that one extra damage, then this is just so below rate. Uh, it just doesn't do anything. It's super limited. It could win a game in limited. I mean, we've seen Steel Blade Shunt win games time and time again. Uh, that one damage is crazy, man. But 
yeah, I, I don't know. Again, this is another instance of this is a block card, and I just I, I'm already pretty prejudiced against it. But thankfully, it's <laughs> it's not very good, so it makes that easy. <laughs> well, guess what? We got another one for you, Bill. What is Test of Agility? Hell yeah. Okay, so we got Test of Agility. This is another Brute Warrior block. This one's a red. It does block for four, though. So we're already plus one block. We're in Fate for Scene territory. Uh, this is when this defense clashed with the attacking hero, the winner creates an agility token. So uh, similar to uh, the class of clash of agility, uh, it blocks for one more, but doesn't have the attack um, sort of variable. I don't hate this one as much as I hate run into trouble. Um, I think that like we've been saying up to this point, we're going to be talking about this point repeatedly, but agility tokens are really good. Um, they are just, they're a good token. They're good to have. Um, this one feels less bad to play in like a brute deck. I think it's still, again, warrior clash feels like a trap in, in anything other than limited. It's a trap. So I don't, I'm not evaluating it on the warrior side, like at all. But for Brute, you know, this this helps against um, Overpower, which is going to be pretty plentiful, I think, moving forward. Um, it does block for four, which is a pretty decent stat line for, for block cards, all things considered. Um, I'm still not super high on it, but I am higher than I am on Run Into Trouble. So I think this one's probably like a mid, maybe high stale for Brute. Um, it's, again, like just trying to give it as many benefits of the doubt as I can. Um, I don't hate it. I think agility tokens are really good and being able to create them, uh, with somewhat, like some amount of consistency, uh, while not feeling like you're taking off too much from the top, like from take it on the chin, like this blocks two extra damage, um, on top of that. And it helps against overpower. So I think that's really good. I, I think that's not like insanely good, but I think it's better. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I look at this and I try to think of what kind of deck I'm going to play it in, and certainly not a warrior deck, not in Constructed. Uh, in Brute, maybe a KO deck that is playing a mid-range control game, right? KO buffing your cards that you're clashing with is pretty huge, right? And kind of is the That's advantage. Mm, is the advantage that, that it might have into other Brutes. It's still tough into Guardians, and the blocks can be quite good in the Guardians, but if we see like a ninja meta, I mean, this this is pretty good, right? You can just commit one test of agility to create an uh, agility token and then have blocked four, maybe prevented a mask of momentum trigger, mm -hmm. and then had a nice wide turn on, on your turn as well. So I, I kind of like that. That being said, it's probably like a high stale at the ceiling currently. But if the meta shook out to a point where Test of Agility uh, would do some serious work, it could get into the low fresh range. But uh, I, I kind of like these four block blocks. <laughs> yeah, four block is, I think, the very bare minimum for what a block should do before you consider it, unless it does something obscene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. But the next card is even more interesting, and I think we're going to see mm. a lot of this card in the coming months, this is Agile Windup. This is a common. It comes in all three colors. It is a three-cost, seven-attack, two-block Brute Warrior attack action, and it has one ability. It says instant, discard this, create an agility token. The I'm going to look at the yellow here, which comes at six instead of seven. This is a auto-include into most Brute decks now. This is just insane. Think about the value that you create in each 
individual brute, right? You think about Reinar. That is giving you an agility token plus an intimidate plus turning on your claws. Uh, in Leviathan, you're getting an agility token, turning on your claws, and filling up your graveyard. Ko, you're creating a might and an agility token. <laughs> like this is just doing it on on so many levels. And like Ko can play all three colors, and will most likely play at least the blues and yellows. I think so. It is uh, an insane card. I mean, this is this is the common that is going to be the fresh to death common of the set. I mean, if if I saw one. This is this is it because this is pretty insane. Um, what do you think, Bill? I yeah, I sort of paid my dues, I think, with the uh the might discarder. And so as soon as you mentioned that, like you went through your your sort of um your train of thought there and then referenced that there was like there were ones for the other tokens as well. I've been thinking about it basically ever since. Um and yeah, looking at these again now, like the fact that the blue one is a six in KO that does two things and is still a six. This card's crazy. Like this card, this is um, one of the things that I think is kind of interesting about the design of this set. And I've been singing its praises a lot. But one thing that I have seen Flesh and Blood do pretty consistently is treat its tokens with equal weight in terms of their value. And like comparing this to like discard this, create an agility token to discard this, create a might token. The other one, um, mighty windup, I believe yeah. um, it's kind of night and day. Although like the might tokens are very useful in, especially in like a late game situation in, um, in a lot of, in any format, really um, just getting that extra amount to go over the top is really good. But like on average, Agility tokens are insane. <laughs> and like might tokens have the possibility of being like pretty good. So the fact that this is the same stat line for a much better token, in my opinion, I think is wild. This is an easy fresh to death. Like this is a new a new paradigm for brute commons, honestly. <laughs> like this is gonna be seen in pretty much every deck. Um yeah, yeah. They made it a like a three for seven at red, and it's not even necessary. <laughs> like you just run them as resource cards that also do other stuff. It's it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, they're really good. And like I, I the the token comparison is real, but you know, I when I think about it, I think the floor is higher on might tokens and the ceiling is higher on agility tokens, right? That's very true. You know, if if you are in a situation where you need to block, at least the might token you can kind of use on your your weapon or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. While if you need to block the agility token, might just like kind of go away. So, you know, awesome design and pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, what does rising speed do? So rising speed is uh, another set of commons, rainbow commons, uh, brute warrior attack actions. Uh, they cost two, attack for five, four, and three across the cycle, uh, and block for two. And they read, if you've drawn a card this turn, this gets go again. Uh, so there are a few ways to trigger this in both Brute and Warrior. Um, obviously, within the set, we have gold tokens. With Brute, we have the draw discard cards. Um, with Warrior, we have, uh, at the very least, there's draw swords. Um, but outside of that, I'm kind of blanking on other options within Warrior. This, again, kind of feels like more of a brute card if it is one. I think this is more for limited, though, because it's like just a two for five that sometimes has go again. Um, in limited, I can see this being like an annoying card to uh, 
to face down. But realistically, even if you're looking at this from like a resource card perspective, the blue attacks for three and it costs two. Like that's a pretty bad rate, even if it does have go again. So yeah, I think this is a limited card. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what else to say about it. I think this is pretty low, low stale, maybe high rotten in terms of card quality and economy. Um, just doesn't feel like it does nearly as much as agile windup does. <laughs> yeah, certainly. I, so I will say I'm a little bit higher on it. And a couple of reasons. I like I like a world where the red is played in KO because it is a six, you know, in hand and, and everywhere else. Um, you wild ride into this. You're, you're cooking with gas. Um, and then also Olympia is creating gold tokens. I yeah. don't know if this is what Olympia wants to do. It's certainly what they signal for draft or, or limited. Oh, yeah. But in constructed it, it remains to be seen a two for five would go again it's not the worst you're not going to have a shortage of resources in that deck so i could see it being a, a real thing but that's uh it's still tough it's it's probably like mid stale for me but there are some upsides there for sure um next we do have wage agility a wager card which uh if you i mean it's the what it does is the name it comes in all three yeah. colors it's a common um and it is a it comes in seven attack six attack and five attack and all two block uh it's a brute warrior attack action when this attacks here you may wage an agility token with them i think this is good i think at the red i mean like it's fine like the stats are good right Coming in at the red, waging an agility token, they're committing three cards, usually, to prevent mm -hmm. this from happening. And then even if they get the agility token, what are they going to do with it, right? So yeah, it, it presents a really interesting decision for your opponent. And I like it. I still don't know if it's good enough. Two block is, is scaring me off this card and the three costs <laughs> for sure. Um, so... That being said, like, I think it's probably in the stale range, but it is one of the wager cards that you, you're going to get value whether they decide to block it or not. Yeah, and that's a really important thing to think about, too, with the wager cards. Like, this is um, for them to get the token off of the wager, especially the red, like you were saying. Like, they need to commit three cards or, you know, two cards plus an, an equipment or two. Especially if this eats like a might token, then um, they probably have to do two equipment or three cards. And like, then what's their crack back? If they do get an agility token, like you were kind of saying um, previously when I was talking about sort of the weight of these tokens, this feels much better for them to potentially get as long as, like, if they've um, sort of committed a bunch of cards into blocking this, because then it just disappears and nothing happens. Um, so, yeah, I do like that prospect of it as well but and like the three for seven is certainly not bad um wager makes a lot more sense as a brute warrior card so i could actually technically see this in warrior um if they really needed something like um especially the red can be a popper um even against um the auras that give um defending cards minus one attack like that sort of thing like being seven puts it into that range of being an effective popper even against um interaction so yeah i don't hate it i don't think it's spectacular either but i do think it's 
worth thinking about. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think this is probably like mid-stale. I'm not upset about it. I'm not excited, but I'm not upset. It is a card. It is one of the cards of all time. It's, it is definitely a card. I will actually, now that I thought about it, I keep, I'm, you know, this is this is my downfall all the time. I get in brute brain. I was thinking about brute yeah. stuff, and I'm like, this can't, you yeah. know, this is fine, and brute is not that good. It's, it's pretty relevant for Olympia, right? Because Olympia cares about mm-hmm. winning wagers and creating wagers. So I do think uh, that you could probably bring it up to like a high stale, maybe even low fresh for Olympia, right? Because if you win this yeah. wager and you should have tricks in the deck, you get a gold and an agility. Gold. And, then, and then you're really cooking with gas. So, you know, yeah, yeah, no more brute brain. That's it, it definitely <laughs> feels a little bit better for warriors. So, uh, but certainly a cool card. Um, what does lead with speed do? So this one actually is interesting. I've been kind of looking at this one as it as it comes up on the list, um, and I'm excited to talk about it a little bit because it is a brute warrior action. Uh, it costs one and comes in all three colors. Uh, blocks for two across all three, and uh, your next brute or warrior attack this turn gets plus three or plus two, or plus one, and then it creates an agility token, and this has go again. I actually don't hate this as a buff. Um, it's kind of like a... It's a, it's a come to fight um, at, the, at the baseline. It's a one to buff by three, two, or one. And then creating an agility token to set you up for your next turn is, like, genuinely not bad. Um, I, I kind of like this card, even just as, um, like, at the blue... Um, because the agility token maintains its value across all three colors. I, yeah, I don't really hate this card. You're probably going to want to see the red more than the blue, um, because a plus three buff is just that much more impactful. But yeah, I actually, I actually kind of like this one. I think this is maybe at its minimum a high stale, like maybe almost a low fresh. Like this is an easy way to make agility tokens. Yeah, I like the blue here, right? Like, I think the value is certainly there with the other two colors, but the blue, the blue is doing, you know, the buff, like a, a little bit of a buff can can put your six to a seven, and that's a break point, whatever. But the blue is still creating the agility token, and I think that's the most important thing here. And it's it's good enough. I I think like high stale. Like I I think we still have a lot uh, of better options on on blues, but like oh, yeah. if. If you're just like, you know what, I want to make sure um, I'm getting wide every turn, I think that lead with speed is going to be a, a great option. But that's mm-hmm. the Brute Warrior stuff. It's pretty interesting, you know, some draft stuff there, but also like some real bangers. Um, and that leads us to our last hybrid class group here, which is Guardian Warrior. Uh, should be interesting. <laughs> and the first one is Vigor Girth, uh, which is uh, such a wonderful name uh and it is a guardian warrior equipment chess piece uh much like the other two that we saw it has blade break it blocks for one and this one says action destroy this create a vigor token go again this is fine um you know uh, create one resource at your chest piece i think is okay i think uh i forget what the uh, the other one was um the other common. Spring? yeah blossom of spring i think that's probably just better you get it when you need it. And uh, I think for that reason, this is just uh, a rotten constructed card. And mostly, I mean, it, it's fine, but like, I don't know. You have so many better options at the chess slot. It's totally fine and limited yeah. though. 
Yeah, I think this is a limited card. It just works for... The only reason you would play this over Blossom of Spring is if you really need the interaction with Vigor Tokens. Outside of that, Blossom of Spring gets you the, the resource right away, and I think that's better instead of having to like guess, oh, next turn I think I'll need it. Um, because obviously like you draw your cards at the end of the turn, so you don't know what your hand's actually going to look like next turn. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, yeah, playing into it that way is is not going to pay out for you nearly as often as just having the resource right now. So, yeah, pretty pretty rotten. Um, constructed, fine. but Or no, constructed, not fine. Uh, <laughs> limited, maybe fine. <laughs> uh, we do have a Majestic, though. What is it? Uh, so this card review is sponsored by KFC, because uh, <laughs> this is Double Down. <laughs> We're not actually sponsored KFC. Don't, don't get at me. Um, so this is uh, one that we... a long time ago, Bill. KFC, <laughs> they, they couldn't handle it. <laughs> they couldn't, couldn't possibly handle the spiciness. Um, but anyway, so Double Down, we've known about this one for a long time, so we've had a lot of time to, uh, to sort of mull it over, to, to chew the fat, as it were. Um, this is a Guardian Warrior action uh, that blocks for three. It's a Majestic, so it only comes in red, and it costs two. But you may destroy a gold you control rather than pay Double Down's resource cost. Uh, so it's either two resources or one gold. The next attack that wagers this turn gets plus three and overpower. And if a hero would create one or more tokens from a wager this turn, instead that cr they create that many plus one of each of those tokens. Go again. So uh, one of the most insane effects that I've seen. Um, it's obviously pretty pretty narrow in it's it's um sort of scope but the impact that it has is wild like i'm pretty sure i referenced this card when we were talking about um betsy's bet big um because that one wagers a gold might and vigor token when it attacks a hero so the fact that you can go okay i have a gold and two blues in my hand with a bet big arsenal or whatever uh or like or you have the double down arsenal you use your gold to bet big or to use your gold to double down and then you use the two blues to bet big, and then you can use Betsy's ability to give it plus one or whatever else you want to do. You can leave up pummel if you want, even. Um, and then uh, this has from double down plus three overpower. So you're coming in for 11 with overpower, and it wagers a gold might and vigor. So if you win, you get two of each of those. <laughs> and then, like I said, you're using two blues anyway, so might as well just leave up pummel and then have that be your attack for 15. Your opponent discards a card too, just to really rub it in. Um, that is probably the ceiling. Like I don't want to say that that's going to be the the mean, the average use case for double down, but the idea of that getting two golds, two vigors, two mites uh, off of this card is is crazy. I like that it has an alternate resource cost. Um, I genuinely think this is a good card in like Olympia as well because Olympia will care a lot about wagering. He'll create um, two golds no matter what, even regardless of what it wagers, because he'll create one from his hero ability. This will double it. Yeah, it's, it's wild. I love this card. Is it good? I don't know. It's wacky though, and that gives it a fresh for me. Like I, I want it. I want to play this card. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, this card really cool. is. I think this card's pretty insane. First of all, the ability to pay nothing for this is relevant in all four heroes that we got uh, of these relevant classes, right? I think that you're going to create some gold with Victor. You're going to create some gold with 
with Betsy and she cares about wagering. You could make Victor care about wagering in a way. Kasai mm-hmm. creates gold. You can make Kasai care about wagering. Olympia creates gold and cares about wagering all the time. I'm thinking, so you could just pop this on a gold. Your next attack is going to get plus three and overpower. You attack, well, it, it's not wagering yet. Let's say you're swinging in with an axe or something like that. And then you up the ante for th- X equals three and Y equals oh. four or whatever, you know, like, and then you're, and then you're like really doing it. And then you're creating all the tokens as well. There is so much upside here. It's, it's pretty, pretty insane. I think it's actually a fresh to death. I think this, this is a bomb. This is a huge, hell yeah. Yeah. I think this this I mean, I don't know. They didn't even have to make it free for a gold. I don't think <laughs> I think that that was uh yeah, I think it's probably more for the the warriors who aren't as high on the resource stuff, but uh really sweet card. Now, we have our third clash cycle here. This one does create a vigor. And now the only interesting thing about this one um so this is clash of vigor. It comes in all three colors. It's a rare, six, five, and four at the attack, and it blocks for three. Uh, it's a Garden Warrior attack action. When it defends, clash with the attacking hero. The winner creates a Vigor token, which is quite good, as we've talked about. This is a Guardian card, which I think makes this a little bit more appealing. And I think about Victor, especially, because Victor's playing a lot of cards that care about winning clashes. I think that this is a card that could actually see play. It's a little tough because you got to play probably play the blue, and then it's like a blue four in Guardian, which is not that great. Um, but that being said, it's definitely higher than the other ones. I would say like a high stale here. Yeah. Uh, the fact that it's a Guardian card does sort of save it, as it were, because it is genuinely more likely that you will win the clash and get the vigor and kind of like we were mentioning in in preparation for this block of cards vigor tokens are really good and i think they're probably good in the most amount of situations um because just having a resource to do something with i think is is always going to be pretty decent even if you have no cards in your hand your weapon attack probably costs one you just get to do that um so I think the clash like clash of vigor probably itself is is pretty solid. Um especially in something like uh Victor where you know you're probably gonna have an abundance of gold anyway. You're just gonna be like, ah, oh, whatever, I can pay a gold to try to rig the odds in my favor so I can get a resource next turn. Um yeah. I, I think it's fine. It's it's probably more of a limited card than it is a constructed card, but I could see this in constructed, honestly. Um getting a resource is always totally fine. Um, so yeah, probably like, honestly, probably low fresh. I'm, I'm I'm not, I'm not super upset about this card. Um, it is much better. Again, this is a warrior card. Technically. I don't think it's a warrior card. This is a, this is a guardian card. (laughs) Yeah, no, not at all. But you know, Hey, it's, it it exists and it certainly does. So does the next card and the next card's art, which is pretty wild. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, this next card's art is like kind of unsettling the fact that you can see all of this guy's bottom teeth is just like (laughs) upsetting to me a little bit but you know whatever it's i i do like it because it has a lot of personality it has a lot of like flavor to it uh this one's slap happy 
Uh, and this is a Guardian Warrior instant that comes in red, it costs zero, and the next time you would be dealt damage this turn, prevent two of that damage if you do create a Vigor token. So we've kind of already talked about the other two in this cycle. Um, again, creating a Vigor is fine, but I feel like the zero to prevent two is just like not a good enough stat line to justify running this. Um, Funny thing is, it kind of costs negative one. It's <laughs> kind of the way that it works out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not super feeling it. If you're really looking for, um, if you're really looking for damage mitigation, you just play Oasis Respite. And if you're looking for more past the the three copies of Oasis Respite Red that you're running, you just start running other copies of Oasis Respite. I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I. I I don't know. Probably like mid stale, maybe low stale for this one. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna give it like a mid stale, and the only reason is, and and this, don't even think about playing this in Guardian because you're doing way more efficient defensive stuff than this all the time. This, however, I can see a world where this is a free two block red in like Kasai, right? You get to just block two, and you're oh, that that yeah, card. It's about reds, yeah. Yeah, and that that vigor token is just gonna replace this card in your hand, basically, right? You would have just pitched it, and then you can then you can do whatever you're gonna do. That being said, it's not the best. It's not like <laughs> it's not like crazy, but there is some application there that I think could see some fringe play, and that's probably why it kind of lands in that mid stale, um, uh, slot there. So, uh, but we do have another block. We have we're hitting all the uh, the uh, what do you call them the, the cycles here the the the, yeah. the one of cycles the red cycles so here's Hardy block which is the Guardian Warrior block uh, blocks for three this one cares about vigors uh, when this defends if you control a vigor token gain one life not gonna do it I don't think uh, same rating as the last one I I think this is pretty garbo um uh for for me uh rotten I, yeah i'm i'm about the same although <laughs> i did catch myself for a hot second thinking oh if you want a card that just like gains you a life just play heart of fiendle <laughs> like, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah you know whatever That's um but, <laughs> easy yeah but again like for for these specifically it's like they care about you having a specific token at the time that you're blocking with this and unless you can guarantee that you have one of those tokens like basically every turn then you know if this doesn't have its effect go off it's just it's bad so yeah rotten as well um although the art is by Carl carlos cruchaga who's a big uh, uh he i'm he's not my friend but i'm his friend you know that sort of thing where he doesn't really know that i exist it's it's parasocial uh, <laughs> yeah I, I mean i get that i get that i mean he's, he's killing it um yeah absolutely now, what about Test of Vigor? Uh, so Test of Vigor is another block card, but I do actually think this one's interesting. It's a red Guardian Warrior block, uh, blocks for four, and when it defends, you clash with the attacking hero. The winner creates a Vigor token. Again, I don't think this is a Warrior card. I think this is a Guardian block, if you're really trying to consider it. And I don't think it's bad. Again, it's like it's kind of tough, though, because like you're likely to win the clash in Guardian. Um, or you're you're sort of more likely to win the clash in Guardian, but Guardian also has a lot of good defensive stuff that it can do anyway. Um, so if you really need that amount of um, 
realistically for block cards, it's like you want to play around overpower um, or you want to really get that value out of stuff. Like if you're using, if you're in guardian and you're using this one card to block for four against a ninja, like you were using that example previously, um, you create a vigor token off that. Like that's a pretty good value. I don't know. It's, it's a negative one block. Like you're saying it kind of refunds itself because mm-hmm. you're probably going to pitch this next turn anyway. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know that Guardian needs this kind of card, but I think it if it did need it, then this card is not bad. So I think that probably puts it like it puts it like high stale because Guardian just has so many options already. And I'm kind of like I'm kind of evaluating this a little bit weird because it's against Guardian's existing pool of defensive cards, but I think that's kind of what you have to do for cards like this. Like this would be a tech card anyway into your um your meta so looking at their all their options that already exist i don't know that this necessarily beats it but i do think it's interesting so yeah probably like high stale yeah i think it's probably high stale for most guardians i do see it at low fresh for victor just because of the clash matters clause and and can and can kind of use this as a really good way to gain momentum the nice thing about garden is the vigor token at least at a minimum you can activate your chess piece uh which i'm blanking yeah you could tectonic plating tectonic plating which is which is fine you just kick it down the road right you know and Mm -hmm. and and that is totally fine and guardian doesn't mind taking turns off you know we've seen it a million times so it, it probably low fresh and victor but high stale for the rest of them now we have another cycle of cycles. This is the draw a card in the turn matters. This is rising energy. Uh, this is a two for six. It's a common. Uh, it comes in f- all three colors. Two, uh, six, five, and four. Blocks for two. It's guardian, a warrior attack action. And cost two. If you've drawn a card this turn, this costs one less to play. I like a one for six as as a as a root player, and I wish that this was a root card. Um, but that being said, I mean, it's 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 for the gold decks, right? If mm-hmm. I think you pitch a blue into a gold, draw into this, that was you pitched a blue to draw a card and play a one for six, which is pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, I don't know if the two block is going to hold this back, but on its vet like face, a one for six, I'm a huge fan of. And with the only real downside of like maybe having to play it for two, um, it doesn't seem that bad. I would say a low fresh here. And the, the kind of cool thing about it is a one for six that can be pummeled. Uh, so that's, that's kind of neat too. So uh, where, where yeah, do you come it- on it? Yeah, I'm I'm honestly like in about the same boat. Like looking at this as like you're saying a one for six. That was the, where my mind first went, and I was like, if this was a brute card, just more pulpings. Yes, please. Um, but I mean, outside of that, like in Warrior, I don't hate this as as an option, especially in somebody like Kasai that does care about drawing cards. Um, like you could potentially go like draw swords, which draws a card, makes your weapon attacks free, and then like maybe end your turn on a one for six if you have enough ways to like give your attacks go again. Um, 
or just go like one weapon attack that has go again from an agility token and then come in with this again like that's still a pretty good turn um yeah i actually do i kind of like this card um probably low fresh as well as like a support card for um mostly warrior decks i could see it in victor like you're saying as well he'll probably like popping um gold to draw cards and he'll probably have a lot of blues anyway so he'll do that exact play probably pitch a blue into a gold draw into this attack for six is like a totally reasonable turn (laughs) Mm, yeah yeah it's it's pretty interesting yeah i mean i kind of love that i mean you know we're not talking about limited but i love that this is playable in every single one of the heroes right like yeah Olympia is going to create gold, Kasai, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's, it's really elegant. I love it. Um, what does vigorous windup do? Uh, so this is another cycle of the windup cards, um, which windup is currently the ones that discard themselves to do something, to make a token. Um, and this one is also pretty interesting. This is the guardian warrior attack action cycle. Um, costs three, comes in all three colors. So attacks for seven, six, and five, blocks for two. And uh, this one's discard this, create a vigor token. So obviously immediate um, downside, or at least just a way that I have to shift my thinking from the other ones, the other ones we were able to just immediately say, oh, these are pretty good, because in Brute, discarding them at instant speed is phenomenal. Like, in all of the Brutes, discarding these is awesome. So you don't have that sort of line of questioning, as it were, for for this. But I do still think that, like, this could be potentially pretty good. Funnily enough, in, like, Guardian matchups, where you're facing down, like, potentially a Pummel or a Crippling Crush or something, um, if you're going to lose the card anyway, you might as well get something out of it like basically pitch it in advance of next turn um that being said i don't think this is as impactful right now with the like discard synergies the discard synergies that you mentioned in brute the i didn't even think about them at first and then that colored my entire (laughs) perception of them because that's just so crazy um but yeah, I don't know. I think that the the red one is maybe fine because it counts as a three for six and then it pitches for one either now or later. Um, I think for most of these, you're going to want the um, the interaction with things that care about Vigor tokens. But yeah, for like for the blue, it's like you could either pitch this for three now or one later. And that feels like just pitch it for three later. <laughs> um so yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it has quite as many interactions as the brute ones do. So I think I'm lower on these on average, but probably like mid mid stale, mid stale. I'm gonna say. All right. Um. So I like the blue for guardian. Uh. Only because it's a blue, and turn one or zero, you can just get out of the gates a little bit quick, right? And but that that being said, it's certainly not it's not operating as good as the, the other ones with, with yeah. the brute synergies here. So I think it's like a high stale. I think like, God, I mean, if I was a guardian and I had the chance to start with like a extra vigor on my first, like real turn, I, I would be pretty happy with it. But that being said, the two blocks scares me away from it mostly, but I think yeah. a, a high stale is, is probably where I would land for it. I can't really see like warrior doing this that much. Uh, it just, it just doesn't do, do it efficiently enough for them. So it's kind of interesting. 
I wish that Brute got that one, but <laughs> what do yeah. you do? Yeah. <laughs> um, and wow. now we have Wage Vigor, which does what it says. Uh, it is it is another one of the cycles. Cost three. It's a Garden Warrior attack action. Attacks for seven, six, and five in their respective colors, and it blocks for two. And when this attacks a hero, you may wager a Vigor token with them. It's, this is going to fall right into the... Uh, the 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 last one, the wage um, agility for me with like yep. Olympia. I think that I think like the red might be good enough there. You know, it's automatically something that's wagering, something that you can play some tricks on. And I think you're playing blues anyway, so like there is a real shot that you play this one. And figure tokens are really good, especially when they come tied to a gold token. Um, that that sounds pretty good to me. But, uh, you know, it's probably, like, low fresh. I mean, it, it might end up being closer to high stale, but I think the power is there for Olympia. Yeah, I was going to put this right around low fresh as well. Again, I think with especially Olympia, like you're saying, you're going to want um, a lot of things that just have wager tied to them. Um, and this, like, it, it, it almost doesn't matter what the wager is for because of olympia's ability um like the baseline is that it's wagering a gold that your opponent can never get off because it's coming off of olympia's ability you're not actually wagering the gold which i think is really nice Mm -hmm. um it protects you from accidentally feeding your opponent gold tokens um so yeah i think this is a totally fine one Uh, again i do think that vigor is probably the most um widely applicable token that you can get so I, I i fully agree that i think this one is probably just good enough to play in olympia um three for seven is fine you're probably going to be playing a lot of uh resource cards because you care about gold so yeah i think this just fits in again um so yeah probably low stale maybe even mid stale honestly I, I don't remember exactly what i put the other one at but i think they should probably both be at mid stale for the warrior ones uh, mm-hmm. or mid sorry mid fresh mm-hmm. um is what I meant. I think they're good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, he's, he's, he's like really dumb. Just on going them. down, but I sound more optimistic about it. <laughs> oh my God. Now, <clears throat> what does lead with heart do? This is our last lead cycle. All right. Uh, so lead with heart is the guardian warrior one. Uh, it is a guardian warrior action blocks for two comes in all three colors and costs one. Uh, it gives your next guardian or warrior attack this turn plus three or two or one. Uh, it creates a vigor token and then it has go again. So it kind of just refunds itself. Um, that's kind of the way that I'm thinking about these vigor token cards is that especially because this one costs one, you pay one into it now and it gives you a vigor token later. It's kind of like this is a free plus three that has a tectonic plating activation attached to it. Um, which like, I don't necessarily think that's bad. Again, I think that's like probably fine. Um, I think this one, I could see the red on this one, I think specifically, because um, I feel like you're going to want the the fact that it refunds itself. Maybe the blue too, though. I don't know. It's with these cards. It's really hard for me to, to accurately um, evaluate them because you're getting the, the value on a, on a different turn. But I do think the Vigor tokens are pretty good on uh, just sort of an average blind turn. So I, I do actually kind of like this card again. I liked the other one, and I like this one too. So I don't know, probably like low fresh um, as like a support card. Maybe maybe high stale. Maybe I have rose-colored glasses on these on these lead with cards. But um, 
I, I genuinely think they're pretty okay. <laughs> yeah, I think of high stale as well. I like the blue. Yeah, like the, the kind of rebate here on the resources is good. You know, in Warrior, I like it. Vigorous is good in Warrior because you get to swing with your sword even if you blocked out, yeah. right? Like, that's just that's just what you want to do. Um, so, I do like it. Probably high stale. Not, it's not, like, too crazy. The two block is a, a real hindrance here. Uh, like we've seen with a lot of the cards, but you know, I, I, I kind of like that cycle. You know, these tokens have been proven to be quite good and, and, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of like that they exist. So, um, that was the guardian warrior stuff. And all right, now let's get to the generics here. And we got a banger here to start off with, and it is balance of justice, which is a legendary generic equipment headpiece blocks for two and it has well it has something new guard well when this combat chain or when the combat chain closes if this defended put a minus one defense counter on it equal to its defense so this is a fixed battle worn in a, in a way so it just happens all at the same time so you don't get the block for two and then one you just get the block for two yeah. but it sticks around and it's important that this sticks around because it does have an ability which says Instant. Destroy this. Draw a card. Activate this ability only if an opponent has drawn two or more cards this turn. This is such a cool headpiece. It's not great in every matchup, which I love, but it has some matchups where it is really, really important. Now you got to think about what is drawing two, right? You got to think about Blood Rush Bellow. That's certainly the first one I think of. Uh, heroes that are popping more than one gold in a turn you have the tome from dromai there are ways where this is pretty important uh, you have kano but i don't think you want to run this against kano uh but this this card's awesome it's a i would say it's a low fresh to death but it's a sideboard fresh to death in a way and i i think this is such a cool piece of equipment i'm surprised we didn't see more guard well unless there's more in the set i, I didn't look but um, I don't think there was, but Guardwell. Yeah, I know that they had mentioned they wanted to fix Battle Warren in a way, and this is obviously it. And I like it. I think I, I, I like Balance of Justice uh, quite a bit here. How about you, Bill? I do too. Uh, I think this is, like you're saying, an absolutely a sideboard card. I like it against um, decks. Like it's it's weird because when you see draw a card, your immediate thought is, oh, like. This lets me either keep cards in my hand to be aggressive on the next turn, um, or you know, it's it's usually you're like, oh, I can be proactive about something. But because it's gated behind a very reactive thing, like your opponent has to have drawn two or more cards for you to use this, it almost makes it like a very defensive card. Where this to me almost blocks for like five, because you block with it on the turn that your opponent uses Art of War or Blood Rush Bell or whatever. And then you can break it to draw a card, and then that's another card in your hand to potentially block with. Um, I don't know if that's me being like too passive of a player, but to me, that's kind of what the value of this sort of implies. Um, if it was something more, <laughs> more generic, like a <laughs> like a um, like a Crown of Providence, then you know you don't need your opponent to be going all in on their turn for you to get the value off of crown providence you can just say oh i'm just going to throw this in front of a random attack to sort of filter this hand because it's awkward make my hand a little bit better 
This one just lets you draw a card, which is obviously more powerful than sinking a card. Um, but it is very dependent on, you know, it has to be a matchup where your opponent has the ability to draw two cards in a turn. And like, what are you usually doing on an, a turn where your opponent's drawn two cards? Probably blocking for your life. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, uh, or at least it gives you options of what to block with from your hand. You can keep maybe one extra card in your hand and then still have a crack back on there. That being said, as a defensive option, I love this. Again, like you were saying, the fact that it's not just like just good into every matchup, I think is exactly where something like this needs to be. Um, I'm really excited to pick this card up because it's going to be a fantastic option. Uh, sideboard fresh to death. Absolutely. Like I, I they they did a good job balancing Battleworn because uh, obviously the big difference is that this only blocks for two instead of three. In most games, one life and one extra block really does matter. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this just straight up blocks for two, I think is great. Um, yeah, I love it. I love this card. I love the design. It's very, very careful, but very well implemented. Yeah, it certainly is. And I cannot wait to collapsing trap someone and then activate my own balance of justice. That is going to be, I'm going to do it once. Replace my <laughs> collapsing trap. I swear. Yes. I swear. Oh, you're such a fiend. <laughs> uh, next, we have a Glory Seeker. What does this do? Mm. So, Glory Seeker, um, very similar. Very similar <laughs> because it also draws a card. Um, this one's another generic equipment head piece. It's a common, doesn't block for anything, and it just has instant three destroy this draw card. Uh, so, it is basically just a silver that starts on your head um (laughs) in in like i guess it's instant speed so it's a little bit different but like you're paying three anyway i I don't know this just turns a blue into another random card from your deck um does not feel exciting if this block for one even as an option then like sure it's kind of like a a side grade to uh iron rot helm but yeah i don't know I don't know. It's <laughs> it's weird. I don't I don't really like it very much. Very limited. Obviously works with things that care about drawing cards like Kasai in limited. If you don't get her specific helmet, then sure. But not feeling this one. I think it's for I think it's for limited. I think it's for limited. You are correct. And it is draft chaff and is going to be rotten. Um the next card Can't is also <laughs> yeah. five cold foils of it. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be beautiful. Um <laughs> The next one is also falling into this category. It is a little bit more useful, I guess. It's Sheltered Cove. It's a generic headpiece. Instant pay three, destroy this. The next time you would be dealt damage this turn, prevent two of that damage. I don't want to be pitching a blue to do this. It's uh, instant speed is good. So it's worth mentioning, but it's still rotten in my book. I don't think there's... Just you could just play something that blocks two, or play Arcane Barrier too. Yeah. So if I didn't know how to read and couldn't read any of the card, any of the words on this card, I would probably give it a fresh because the art is really nice. Actually, <laughs> like unironically, the art on this card is really nice. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's like even thinking back to like Dusk Till Dawn, there was that cycle of common equipment, the shadow ones that like you can just break them to prevent two, and then they have blood debt. I would play that over this every single day of the week um i if you were if people recall back if anybody's listening at this point if you recall back to our dusk till dawn set review i actually rated those pretty highly because i do like them 
And this is just worse than that. So <laughs> <laughs> a lot worse, a lot worse. Yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> we do have a, okay. We have a weird cycle of common equipment. Um, I think, I guess we could read them all. They're all going to do the same thing, except care about different things. If you just want to read yes. all of them, uh, just, uh, you know, because they're not yeah. that great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not excited about these cards, but uh, they they seem exciting at first blush until you actually read them. Uh, this is a cycle of co- generic equipment um, that are the adversity cycle. So it's the head is face adversity, the chest is confront adversity, the arms are embrace, and the legs are overcome adversity. Uh, they all have blade break two, which is a great stat line for common equipment, you say. You scream from, <laughs> <laughs> from listener land over there. Um, but they do have a caveat, and uh, for example, face adversity, the head, may only block an attack if the attack's controller has drawn a card this turn. The chest can only block if the attack's controller has destroyed a vigor token. The arms can only block if the controller has destroyed a might token. And the legs can only block an attack if the attack's controller has destroyed an agility token this turn. So all these things, like the block cards that we were looking at that care about you having a specific token in play while you're blocking with them, those are uncommon enough in terms of like you having that lineup at that at that opportunity is already uncommon enough. These have a little bit, they're a little bit higher than that because they're always in play and your opponent will be attacking you on basically every turn of the game. So whatever. But the fact that they're totally dead unless like if you're running the boots, and your opponent's just like, oh, by the way, I don't actually want to make agility tokens in this deck. You're like, okay, cool. I don't have feet this game. <laughs> like, oh, that feels like such a gamble. Like, you're putting a sideboard slot on these specifically. Yeah, I think these are rotten. I don't, I don't like them. I, Blade Break 2 is really strong, and they successfully balanced it into the dirt. So, <laughs> Yeah, the... These are pretty rotten. I think you could only make a real argument for the draw card one, the headpiece, um, just because that is kind of relevant in a lot of decks, but still it's a little bit hard to kind of, yeah. I mean, there's just better headpieces. We've, we've seen one already. It was, it was yeah. bounds of justice. <laughs> and so it's, um, it's, it's tough to kind of, I guess make a uh, an argument for these other than maybe wager, right? Like you're playing a lot of wager. You're like, I hope I lose yeah. them. I hope I lose my wagers and you <laughs> yeah. get those tokens so I can block with these really crappy right. <laughs> equipment that I decided to play instead of good stuff. So God, imagining, imagine hoping that you lose so that you can get value off of your stupid equipment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, somebody's going to be doing it. <laughs> oh, for um, sure. I can't wait that that it's going to be a fun army and I'm going to lose to it. Um, Next, we have a uh, another uh, cycle of common equipment. This is the, I guess, well, we'll call it the headliner suite here. Yeah. Uh, they all have Blade Break with star defense. They're generic, and they're, all of their defense is equal to the number of opposing heroes with greater life than you. So, these are pretty good in, not pretty good, they are decent in, in UPF, right? Uh, but in the sake of competitive or at least casual back and forth CC and blitz, these are always just going to be iron rots. Uh, so yeah. that is where they are and that's not good enough. So, uh, especially yes. <laughs> we keep getting better options. Uh, so 
but really fun for for UPF and very fun for the UPF uh, draft format that this set also comes with, which is really neat. Um, so cool stuff. But what does? Oh, we also did get a offhand with it, which is worth noting. Yes. Um, There's also a shield. Yeah, the shield, uh, which is a the common generic shield. That's something. I don't know if that's still better than running a second claw or a second sword or something like that, but uh, yeah. do you have... I will, a, say in, I will say in UPF, these are actually like relatively good because mm-hmm. if you're already behind or whatever, then they... like If you're behind all three opponents, then they block for three, which is pretty solid, especially the shield. The shield is like pretty solid in UPF, yeah. but you know, you're completely right for constructed. These are iron rot minus even. They are worse than iron rot because sometimes you'll have more life than your opponent. And these are these block for zero. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, what does nasty surprise do? Now we have some generic majestics, which is um, usually where we get some real spice. And and spice we have. Oh man. Um, <laughs> so nasty surprise is a very interesting one. This is a generic attack action. It's a blue that is a, a blue zero that blocks for three. So my immediate thought is ninja, um, but the effect is actually pretty good. It attacks for two also, which I didn't mention. But uh, this reads, whenever an opponent's effect puts this into your graveyard from anywhere, you create an agility, might, and vigor token. So you create one of each token from the set other than gold. Um, this card is, I, it lives in a very similar space as uh, Snag does. To me, this is like, Snag is sort of the poster child of like a very like very narrow but very impactful sideboard card. If your opponent is playing uh like collapsing trap, then this gives you th- <laughs> <laughs> this gives you the ability to just get a little bit of uh sort of buyback from that effect happening to you. Um if they're playing anything that mills cards, um, like if they're playing grinding gears or whatever, because this is specifically when an opponent's effect puts this into your graveyard from anywhere. So if it's from your deck, if it's from your hand, um, yeah, I, then it gives you a, an agility might and vigor token. In most matchups, this will probably not do anything. But like, for example, against Guardian, who cares so much about discarding cards from your hand, um, we even saw Concuss, I think, was one of the common or rare cycles. I think it was a common cycle in this set that uh, if its attack is greater than its base, it gets uh, it makes your opponent discard a card on hit. Um, if you discard this card from that effect, then you create an Agility Might and Vigor token. Um, it is very much a sideboard card, but I think in the situations where it's good, it's very good. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, like, pretty high sideboard fresh on this. Um, I I really like it. And again, like I was saying, at at its base, it's a blue that blocks three. So, again, it is, like, you're not going to be running this in your main board, but even if it doesn't happen, it still does a lot of stuff. Like, if this was a red, I'd feel much worse about it. But in situations where it's not even being discarded, it's still just a resource card and a block card. So I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I love really this. Good. I love this at the sideboard fresh rating, you know, because if you have a blue that in your deck that is only really a resource card, you can just bring this in, right? Like yeah. and all of a sudden it's good in that matchup. 
CNC pop this out of like that feels really good if they if they see oh yeah it. if this is in your arsenal and CNC uh, pops yeah. it you still get it oh my god <laughs> and I, I bet we're gonna get a, another elemental wizard ice at some point so you know when we gotta deal with the discard effects that Icelander used to have um you know this becomes another because it's also a blue but you can also be like yeah like a lot of times um what, what is the name of that card um the, uh, Cornet Peak? No, well, Cornet Peak, yeah, but also the 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 spell that does it. If if it, oh, uh, I think it's Ether Ice Vein. Yeah, um, Ether Ice Vein. Yeah. If and with with Brute, when they did that, and you had Beast within, you just like, oh, oh yeah, this is awesome. Like, I'll just get the card <laughs> back. And with this, it would be the same thing for any deck, which is really cool. So I think a very high sideboard fresh for nasty surprise. Now, yeah, the next card is pretty interesting. I kind of love the, this next card here. Pay up. <laughs> Uh, which is a reg uh, majestic. It's a generic attack action. It costs three, attacks for six, and blocks for three. It's a popper. If defending hero controls a gold, this gets overpower. And when this hits a hero, gain control of a gold token they control if you don't deal one damage to them. So that's pretty cool. So I love this card. I think this is just like, a fine card to play if like you expect to see gold uh which i'm sure we will right you know with all these new heroes and then on top of that with like crown of dominion decks like the royal decks out there uh, all of a sudden you know they they play it like they don't they don't pop it right away and you're just like all right turn zero or turn one pay up with overpower i take your gold like like that's like pretty <laughs> awesome and then of the the like if if they just happen to not have a gold and you like hit them and they don't have it. You just get to deal a free damage, which is, is pretty good. Yeah. That being said, I think it's like a cyborg fresh. It's not like a, it's not as good as like nasty surprise in terms of the cyborg slots, but I love this card. It's like just a flavor win. Like, uh, and <laughs> I love that little gremlin goblin thing. I don't know. Was... Yeah. The guy just like perked on yeah. one guy's back. Yeah, it's like the, the mob boss. Like, yeah, yeah get him. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, no, I I agree. Honestly, the flavor is really good on this card, and um, yeah, it's like it's you've especially because like the the flavor behind it is it gets overpower because if you see somebody that's flaunting their wealth, then you're more likely to target them, and you're like you're gonna put more manpower behind it. So yeah, it gets overpower because you see that they have a gold, and you're like, well, I want that, and then. Yeah, against that's so funny. Against Crown of Dominion decks, you just like go turn one, steal, try to steal your gold. And if they want to put a bunch of stuff in front of it, like they probably have to put equipment in front of it too. Um, then sure, that's a fine trade off, especially on turn one. Um, yeah, I like pay up. Definitely like a mid sideboard fresh, but still, still fresh. Like, don't get me wrong, still, still fresh. It's it is very very cool. I love that card. It just makes me laugh, but. What does Ripple Away do? Uh, so Ripple Away, once again, like I was kind of mentioning with uh, Sheltered Cove, if I could not read this card at all, this gets a fresh to death for, for art. Carlos Cruchaga, it's the um, Crouching Tiger sort of style, like the watercolor. Excellent job. Hit it out of the park. Um, that being said, what this card actually does, it is a blue two, or sorry, a blue uh, four attack card that costs two, blocks for three. Uh, and it's just a generic attack action. It also has instant. You can discard this. 
if an action card would create one or more tokens this turn, instead it creates that many minus one of each of those tokens. So actually very interesting um, because this affects the rest of the turn. So if your, if your opponent had like a couple of things that like wager or if they had clash or stuff like that, um, this most of the time will just blank all of that. Um, it is also like just sort of incidentally good against decks like Dromai. Uh, unfortunately, it's just action cards, so it doesn't affect uh, Dromai's ability. She'll still get ashes if she pitches reds, but like if they play, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the the one that makes three ash tokens, and then makes one of them into an ash wing. Um, I think this still maybe no, it doesn't quite hose that because it transforms one of the ashes into an ash wing. It doesn't like create an ash wing. If it like prevented them from creating the ash wing, uh -huh. that'd be crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, this one's. Again, like super, super limited sideboard card, but I do think in the meta that we're going to see where people are wagering and stuff, this could be pretty good. It just blanks a turn of wagering. It blanks a turn of clashing. Um, against Betsy's headpiece, this is actually like kind of a funny um, like uh, response to it because they break a gold and then it's like, okay, well, even if you win this wager, um, you don't get anything. Nobody gets anything actually <laughs> because it's just... it does not create anything even if you win the wager so um yeah i don't know this one's like a little bit more limited but if it was a if it was another like blue zero then i would like that too because then it's another ninja card just works into kadachis <laughs> um but yeah I, I don't know i think this one's probably like a low sideboard fresh i still think it is good in situations where people are wagering a bunch but i think it's a little bit less impactful on average than something like naughty surprise when you're bringing them in in their respective matchups well let me blow your mind bill because you forgot oh, about no. one really really like unfortunate for i mean what i'm thinking of for someone who plays riptide this blanks your codex of frailties uh, i mean it doesn't blank them completely you still get the card back yeah. from your but you don't get yeah. the ponder oh. and the and intoxicating and, shot yeah yeah it, it, it blanks <laughs> anything like that inertia inertia um oh yeah all the traps that create them uh all the 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 laces stuff like that i mean that i, I assume the laces it's not on i guess maybe it doesn't stop on hits i'm not sure is, is I think that... it does because they would still come from an attack action source like the the attack the attack or the attack Okay. The action card itself is gotcha. the one that uh, that is still creating the token. So gotcha. yeah, but the codex yeah. So defensively is... against rangers, mm -hmm. yeah, this is this is a huge hoser to to rangers. Even if you just like manage to save it against the codex of frailty, it feels because codex of frailty all 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 of a sudden just becomes all right. I'll just get an arrow of my choice, and that's it. And, you know, whatever, I don't get to replace it. I don't get to do the frailty, which is really important against you. I think this is probably a high sideboard fresh. I think if we see a codex meta ripple away is going to be very annoying. Um, but uh, it is it is certainly good. And I love that art It is amazing. I believe that Carlos did post a Twitter thing for anybody interested of like the progress shots of, of painting that. Um, He's uh, so good. He really is. <laughs> He's such a good artist, man. Uh, next, we have Standing Order, which this card is so cool. 
I love this card. This is a red uh, majestic attack action generic. Attacks for four, blocks for three, costs zero. That's pretty great stats. All right, what does this do? When this attacks or defends, you may put a card from your arsenal on the bottom of your deck. If you do, this gets plus two attack and plus two defense. Folks, this card's the real deal. It becomes yeah. <laughs> a popper on defense. It becomes a block four on or block five on defense. It attacks zero for six if you have the arsenal. Uh, it is such a just bread and butter card. This this card's so good. I don't think it's like weird because it's so good, but like also I feel like it's not so good that you feel like you have to play it in every deck. It's going to be still hard to kind of find room for it, but it still has so many uses that it will just sneak into decks in certain metas where you're just like, oh, wow, this. And then it fixes, I mean, it doesn't fix your arsenal. It's not like a crown of, uh, of providence here, but it does mm-hmm. clear your arsenal if if perhaps you had to put something um, less than ideal in there. But I think this is a, I think it's on its face. I got to give it a, a fresh to death. I think like just everything it's doing and the amount of flexibility here, it's hard not to give this a fresh to death. And it's just a matter of where is it going to be? Like what decks are going to play it? Yeah, this card just does so much. It is so, so, so good. Um, like at its base, it's a zero for four that blocks for three. It is a, uh, I believe it's wounding blow. Um which I did unironically play in like Ira back before I could afford like uh, I think it was like before E strikes before Command and Conquers like I was just I needed a an efficient card that did some stuff and still blocked and Wounding Blow was good enough so at its absolute floor this is a Wounding Blow uh, the fact that it has the benefit of you know sometimes coming in for six sometimes blocking for five on one card against something like dominate something like overpower if uh an an azalea comes at you with an overpowered like non-buffed but still uh or dominated um red in the ledger this just blocks it for itself like you don't have to put a piece of equipment in front of it it's just blocked um it is also a popper if you're able to activate it because it goes up to six power like this card is so good. Um, I I don't think that it is necessarily... I don't think it's necessarily on the level of Enlightened Strike, but I think it's closer than I was evaluating it previously. I still think Enlightened Strike is better, mm-hmm. but I think this is not that far off. Um, I would say it would be on par or better than Enlightened Strike if it was put a card from your hand or your arsenal on the bottom to get that effect. Um but with it just being from Arsenal, that is unfortunately a little bit limited. Um, I do still think this is a fresh to death. I love this card. This was one of my top fives, um, like very, very easily. And the more I think about it, the more I like it. So yeah, Standing Order is like one of the, I think maybe one of the best generic cards in the set. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, so there's cool. a few things vying for that spot, but I think Standing Order is really good. And the next card might be one of them. What does the next card do? Uh, so the next one is Tenacity, which is, I think you're right. This is another very good card. Uh, this is a majestic attack action. It attacks for two blocks for three pitches for two and costs zero. So it's a zero for two just on its own. Um, when this attacks, it gets plus X where X is the number of defending cards on the combat chain. 
and it is defending cards, not defending like action cards or anything. Like this counts equipment, this counts cards from hand. Uh, it's kind of the opposite of um, not bittering thorns. Um, there's a ninja card that uh, gets plus one for each attack that has hit this combat chain. Salt it is wound. the inverse. Salt the wound. Yeah, That's yeah. what it is. It's the inverse of salt the wound. Um, it's however many things your opponent has blocked with. If they decide to like overblock a bunch on all of your stuff, then this just gets buffed up a ton. This becomes like a zero for seven, um, which ending your turn on a zero for seven or potentially higher is it feels really good. <laughs> feels really really good. Um, yeah, I think this card's crazy, especially for ninjas where you know you're gonna want to go pretty wide and force your opponent to block with a bunch of stuff. Um, and it's going to create a really awkward dichotomy for your opponent to think about if you're playing, you know, if you're playing this in Fi, it's like, oh, do I want to block everything really effectively so that their uh, salt the wound doesn't come in for as much, or am I just going to get blown out by tenacity or the inverse? <laughs> like this tenacity is so much worse if you just take everything and you don't block anything. Like it's, yeah, this uh, gave ninjas an additional card that I don't think they necessarily ne needed, but they're going to really appreciate. So yeah, in ninjas, this is like super fresh to death. This card is really strong. Yeah, it certainly is. And and it it's a tool for other like go wide decks as well. Any go wide deck that is printed, like you look at tenacity now, you're like, this is such a good cherry on top of my combat chain here. And so yeah. like looking at the stats here, at a yellow zero for three, that is the common rate. At a yellow zero for four, you're starting to do something. Yellow zero for five and up, that's you've already gotten the value. So like this this card can be such a punishing card. And uh people are gonna lose to this. I mean, and, and you're <laughs> right. The the the, the dichotomy of, of this versus salt the wound. Or, or even some of the other, you know, kind of, uh, what's the, uh, I, I keep forgetting, I keep forgetting card names. There's, there's too I many know, cards now. This game's too big. We, we need to stop cards. LSS. Quit now. No, <laughs> I can't remember all of them. Uh, but the, the, the other Phi card that uh, has, um, uh, that gets plus if you have four or more. Uh, oh, um, Lava Burst. Lava Burst. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So like, and as well as the one that like, um, destroys arsenals as well. Like now, Fi has four different things you got to think about when when they're going wide. Like, what are they finishing yeah. this combat chain with? And tenacity is a, a, a real, a real humdinger there. So uh, I would say, yeah, fresh to death in certain decks, right? You know, some decks just won't be able to use it. But that's okay. That's how it works. Um, next card, I had to reread this one at pre-release over the weekend. <laughs> and somebody was like, "I'm seducing you," and I was like, "What?" Um, this is seduce. <laughs> this is seduce secrets. This is a yellow, generic instant at majestic. Cost zero. It says, look at target hero's hand and the top card of their deck. If this was played from Arsenal, draw a card. This is a, a cool card. I think. Um, I don't think it's great, and I think that's where I am at with it. I think it, it's kind of neat. If you're not playing it from Arsenal, I'm not interested at all. That being said, a hero like Riptide can throw this into Arsenal and you just get free information and get to replace the card. I have thought a lot about that as a Riptide player. 
So that being said, I think it's like a high stale, like low fresh. Like there's not a, a lot that's wrong with it other than the instant part. So it, yeah, it's weird. Like I think once we get to a point in the game where that kind of knowledge is going to be a major advantage, I think knowledge is quite good right mm-hmm. now. But like if we get to a point where it's like, like certain decks, you you need to know what they're going to do next turn to kind of shape your turn. I could see this finding a slot, but currently I think it's like a high stale, low fresh. It will find its place. I'm glad that it exists kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think you're right that like eventually I think this card will be pretty interesting. Um, especially because like you get to see their entire hand. So there might be effects that care about like, oh, name a card or like name a type of card if your opponent has two or more of the named type do a thing, whatever. Um, I could see something like this be relevant um, so that you don't have to guess or so that you can get more value off of something. Um, but the way that we talked about it on the Living Legends podcast, I, I very much appreciate, which was, uh, this is a great card if you want your opponent to show you exactly how you're going to die this turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, let me see your hand. And they're like, cool, you're getting attacked for 35. And you're like, okay, had a good there time. <laughs> um, yeah, I was trying to think of like, I was trying to think of as well, like what would make this card better for me, especially like, again, not thinking of future proofing it, just saying like, what would make me excited about this card right now? And uh, I was like, well, what if it just like always drew a card? And I'm like, I don't think flesh and blood can handle a just free instant draw a card. Um, I don't think that that is healthy for the game. So I don't think that could happen. <laughs> like it needs to be gated behind something, but yeah, I wasn't, uh, wasn't really able to find it. I do think like it has potential. Um, and the fact that it's just a free instant, maybe at some point this will be a good card, like something that people actually want to play in either sideboards or main boards. Um, but right now I don't really see it. I think I'm like pretty, pretty stale on it overall. Um, but with room to grow. <laughs> certainly, certainly. And if, if you are seduced, there will be growth. I will tell you that much. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> speaking of, um, what does down but not out do? Yeah, speaking of things that incite growth, um, <laughs> down but not out is actually kind of just a crazy card. This is the first uh generic rare that we're going to be looking at, and it's in a cycle. Uh, this is a generic attack action cycle. It comes in all three colors. Um, costs three, attacks for five, four, and three, and blocks for three which is like not a very great stat line, but its effect is when this attacks a hero, if you have less life and control fewer equipment and tokens than them, this gets plus three attack, overpower, and when this hits, you create an agility, might, and vigor token. So like we were kind of saying with uh, Nasty Surprise, creating one of each token is great. The fact that this, when you're behind, is a three for eight with overpower that also gives you those benefits. This card's nuts. <laughs> this card is really, really, really strong. And I think something that cannot be understated is that this, the red, is a six in KO. Um, <laughs> I just, I love this card. It does so much work if you're behind. Uh, this like really does help to sort of claw you back into a game that you might otherwise be losing. Um, yeah, 
this card is surprisingly strong. This feels like a majestic at the very least. Uh, I think that this is like a low, like low fresh to death. Honestly, I'm Whoa. a big fan of this card. Yeah, I really, really like down but not out. Well, yeah, I mean, it is interesting. So, like, the only thing that I get, it's certainly powerful. And I got to play it the pre-release, and I was like, holy smokes. And it had go again from an agility token the last turn. Ooh! Which was, uh, you know, that was just so cool. Um, but they had blocks in hand, so it wasn't that great. So, maybe blocks are good, Bill. No. <laughs> maybe blocks are good. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, the the only thing I get hung up on in Constructed is the less tokens. Uh, part of this because initially people thought that this was uh, you have to have less life and then a combined less equipments mm. and tokens it is one of each like it yeah. checks all it three. checks three categories yeah so less tokens is harder to hit I think in in general in constructed now if that becomes like a, a thing where you don't actually have to worry about that if, like a lot of people are creating tokens and a lot of the heroes that we we see now do we could start to see this be a a real contender i almost like the blue in a way because it's a blue block three and could just be a a blue six i mean not not in not for brutes in a way but a blue (laughs) six when it attacks with like this and like with overpower with some type some type of evasion still that six is still an awkward thing to block um with with one action from hand so yeah yeah so like i think that i i do like it i'm not quite fresh to death on it but i am i'm probably in the the fresh range i think on the blue i kind of really like it it's just like this really like like kind of like a card that can just come out of nowhere and win the game towards the end of the end of the game end of the match but super cool i love the flavor of it too just like like obviously killed a bunch of things on the arena and then has a bunch of spears pointed at him and he's like see what we can do uh yeah next we have wage gold which is a generic attack action at rare comes in all three colors attacks for seven six and five it blocks for two and it costs three but it has universal which says while in any zone this is the same class as your hero and when this attacks a hero you may wager a gold token with them uh this is cool because it says anybody can have a popper with uh text that says your benefits for your certain class stuff work with it so mm-hmm. uh, except for illusionist this is not a popper for illusionist because it becomes an illusionist yep. attack but that's okay they don't need it um i i, I like it's just like a really bread and butter card for the game i think you know mm-hmm. i think at the at, at least the six at the yellow and the red just kind of having that is is kind of cool and just be able to give everybody the ability to wager a gold is is kind of cool as well that being said, it's it's going to live in sideboards mostly at probably like a high stale, low fresh. But Wage Gold's pretty cool. I'm, uh, I'm interested to see what other Universal cards we get in the future. Yeah, they've really opened a door here with creating, like saying that they're comfortable creating a card that can exist in any class. But it's like, yeah, like you're saying, it's like generic plus where this is, if you're playing this in an Illusionist deck, it's an illusionist, so it has it, it's an illusionist attack, so it has go again from Luminaris, or it gets buffs from illusionist things or whatever. Um, 
if there's like target warrior attack gets plus three or like we've seen a lot of uh this counts for that um like that's a very interesting space for a card to live in um and it would be really hard for an effect i think more broad than something like wager a gold token it'd be hard to really determine how it impacts the game um if it was like a more complicated effect or like a more powerful card um but that being said yeah i really like it um i think that this is just going to be for me the the most immediate thing is that this just goes in olympia as another way to wager stuff um but yeah just the fact that now everybody can create a gold token um in addition to something like um crown of dominion uh this works really well if you're just playing cash in you just want to play cash in you can just play this card and now you have the ability to make a gold token potentially yeah. um yeah i like it i i think just the from the design alone i have to give it at least a fresh um it's really interesting it's really intriguing and i think this is going to be one of those cards that people just sort of come back to every now and then be like is this card really good now because i think that there's a possibility that this or another universal card could just all of a sudden be like oh this is busted <laughs> like this is really good <laughs> yeah yeah I, actually you know what i i'll bring it up a little bit because i i think i'm definitely solidified in the low fresh because like i'm starting to think about all the different things you just think about anything that cares about certain classes you're just like oh i'm into that this makes sense yeah. um we have a couple reprints here versus reinforce the line we don't need to talk about that it is still as good as it always was Adrenaline Rush, which is still as good as it always was, but we do have Performance Bonus. What does this do? Phil? Uh, so Performance Bonus is another one of the... Uh, there's like a cycle of cards that all, like, if they're played from Arsenal, they get go again. They're small attacks that if they're played from Arsenal, they get go again. This is another addition to that. Uh, so this is a zero-cost attack for three that blocks for two. Uh, it, also block, it also attacks for two and one in the other two colors that it has. When this hits, create a gold token. And then if this was played from Arsenal, it gets go again. So similar to um, like Scour the Battlescape and uh, Frontline Scout. Which we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trade-in. Um, yeah, there's a lot of these types of cards. And honestly, I think the payoff of getting a gold token is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if you're making your, I, I love these types of cards. I love the blues of them specifically because like if your opponent's putting an entire card in front of this to prevent you from getting a gold token, I think you're probably laughing. Like you're probably having a great time. Um, like you, your opponent can probably full block it with a card from hand if you're just playing the red anyway. So you might as well make them feel bad for being like, oh, I'm going to attack you with this blue performance bonus from my arsenal. It has go again. It's attacking you for one. They're like, okay, I'll block for three from my hand. I'm like, yes, <laughs> loser. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think on hit creating a gold token is is pretty good, honestly. I, I'm probably going to play around with this card in some capacity. Um, it's still probably realistically like a stale, but I think these cards are always really cool when they come around. So I'm happy to see another one. Yeah, I'm in, in the same boat. I think they it will live where the other ones are. I do have a Riptide deck that I mess around with that plays all of those cards and doesn't even play a bow, which is kind of cool because you can just like premeditate, put one of those into Arsenal, and then it's like six go again. But 
it's not that great, but it steals wins. And this is just another one that like you actually get a lot of value out of. So yeah, I, I love to see stuff like this and, and then you can almost just like add the cash ins into that deck. Um, now I'm now the, the wheels are turning performance <laughs> bonus is sweet. And I mean, the, the woman in that art so ripped. I just want to be punched in the face by her. I'll tell you that. Yeah, look at those abs, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are, I I know they're fantasy because I could never get them ever. (laughs) No matter how hard I try. Uh, Oh, my God. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I'm drinking a beer right now, so that's probably the reason. Um, Next, we have Rally the Rear Guard. Reprint, still as good as it always was. Trade-in, which we just mentioned. I mean, this card was always pretty fringe playable. Of all of them, especially with like Reinar uh, kind of uh, implications, but it's still kind of living in the same space as all those uh, go again cards. Lunging press at common now, uh, which is just great for limited. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you that uh, it's still as good as it always was. But we do oh, have yeah. money where where your mouth is, not even where your mouth is. This is where a, your mouth. <laughs> yeah. This is a common generic non-attack action cycle blocks for two cost one and it comes in all three colors cost one. And it says your next attack this turn gets plus three plus two and one relative to the colors that they are. And when this attacks a hero, you may wager a gold token with them go again. This is a pretty decent wager, right? Like putting the gold token on the things. I kind of like the red here, if anything, maybe for Olympia, um, just like to give your weapon a a wager, a relevant one. You get two golds, and, and then you can kind of yep. get off to the races with it. So uh, that being said, maybe like a low, fresh, high stale for Olympia. Uh, I think it's going to play it. I think maybe because Sai might be interested as well. But um, the nice thing is it can be played in anything. I don't love the one cost in terms of the the math of a lot of decks, but yeah, but it could be something. Yeah, I mean, again, it's uh, like the other ones that we were talking about, uh, the like come to fight with upside. Um, and yeah, this one having wager a gold token, it's going to be great in Olympia. I'm definitely going to be running some amount of these just to make sure that you're wagering every turn. This kind of reads wager two gold tokens, but your opponent will only ever get one um, if they end up winning somehow. So yeah, I I do like this card as like a support card for wager decks. I think this is just going to be something that ends up being foundational. Um, I do still kind of like blues, um, just having options, but I do think the red is probably what you're going to be more excited to see. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. This is another one that I think we've seen, we, we saw like, pretty early on mm-hmm. um but yeah i think it's it's a good example of what this format wants to do yeah and another one we saw pretty early on is the next card yeah mean? so this one is uh is modeled after a good friend of the flesh and blood community joe um this is starting stake and uh it's a common generic action that we saw like really really early on uh, it's a yellow that costs zero blocks for three And it just reads, if you control no gold tokens, create a gold token. Uh, So this gets you going. This is like, if you see this on turn one and you have nothing else that you want to do, this creates a gold token for free, which is a spectacular rate, by the way. 
Um, something else that I think is cool is that this is specifically a yellow, so that if you do have a gold token, you can pay this into the gold token and draw a card. Um, pretty like slick design in that way. Um, I think this is balanced exactly where it should be. I think if this like had to go again, like people would kind of expect this would have to cost more than zero. Um, if it just created a gold token, I think that's too good. Um, so yeah, I think this is like balanced exactly where it needs to be, and I really like it a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly how relevant this card will be from like a constructed standpoint, but I, I do just have to sort of wax poetic about good design when I see it. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll pro probably put this one like, I want to say like uh, high stale. I'll, I will stay, say high stale because I do want this card to be good. Uh, it is limited in its way, but also again, it's like a yellow that blocks for three, even if you do have a gold that pitches into the gold. It just kind of all fits in. Maybe you play this in every gold deck. Maybe I'm wrong, but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to rate this card. To be honest, it's I hard. Mean, it's very hard. But like, I'm glad it exists. It's another one of those cards. I think it's it's a really great card for UPF and and the casual formats. Will it be good enough for competitive? I'm not convinced. But I'll give it like a like a mid stale as like a safety net. Right? I don't I. I don't think it can go below that. It can definitely go higher than that, though. And if we get more gold matters, starting stake starts to look a lot better. Uh, next, we have a block that we also saw a long time ago. Um, Test of Strength, which is a generic block. It's red. Blocks are four. Great stats. When this defends, clash with the attacking hero. The winner creates a gold. I like this in decks that can win the clashes. <laughs> I mean, that's that's, mm -hmm. that's basically where it, where it goes. And I think I look at this for Victor. Victor really yeah. likes this. This is like a, uh, I think an automatic Victor card, right? Because cares about the gold, cares about clashing. The, the gold cares about clashing. Everything cares about everything. It's just, it's firing on all cylinders. Outside of that, maybe maybe some of the other, other Guardians, but I would say this is a solid fresh in Victor though. Yeah, that was it's the reason that I responded so like <laughs> so loudly when you said Victor is because I was thinking that the second that you said it, I was like, oh, this is sick in Victor. Yeah. And you said it and I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. Because, um, yeah, like this is a red block four that uh, like we were kind of mentioning, that's where I'd want a block to be anyway. If this was like the other ones that only blocked for three, I'd be like a lot less excited about it. But um, the fact that in Victor, this kind of reads like if you win the clash, you get a gold and draw a card. That's ridiculous value. Um, that's so good. Like people do so much less to draw a card. Uh, people use sort of like worse cards to draw a card. I'm thinking specifically of uh, that all you got, which by the way, I do like that card a lot, but it is a lot more limited than something like this. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, in Victor, I think this card's easy fresh uh cards really really good in victor it plays exactly what he wants to especially if you like win a clash with the golden sun off this oh <laughs> i mean it's like, insane i mean you're already dead victor is legitimately scary and that is the oh, end yeah. of the main set we do have a couple expansion slot cards hopefully we won't get them wrong um although warmongers was part of the main set uh yeah when, when we got that one yeah. wrong so uh, maybe we, so if we have another warmonger situation. It's already happened. It's in it's, the past. It's now. already happened. Here are the tokens. <laughs> if anybody wants to see what they look like, they look awesome. And Graven Call. What does that do? 
so this one is really fun for me. Uh, it's an assassin weapon. It's a one-handed dagger that has one attack. Uh, it has the the assassin baseline of once per turn action, pay two resources to attack, and then has go again. And it has piercing one, just like every other assassin dagger. And then it has instant destroy two silver you control to equip this with a plus one plus uh, plus one counter. Activate this only while this is in your graveyard. So it fills out the complement of the assassin, you know, stuff breaks and then you buy it back sort of thing. Um, I actually do really like this card. Um, I really like this card in, obviously, in Arachne. Um, things that you can uh, fulfill a bunch of contracts, get a bunch of silver, and get this back. This uh, works with Flick Knives um, well, but not in the way that people, I think, initially thought of it. Because even though it comes back as a two-power weapon, Flick Knives specifically makes the weapon deal one damage. So it, it's, it does, you don't get it back and then have a Flick Knives for two. But you're still getting the option to deal one very difficult to block damage back, like potentially three or four times over the game if you really wanted to go into it that way. And I think that's really strong. I love this card. Um, and now you can play an entire, like, uh, go down to the shops and rebuy your entire kit um, loadout. So uh, I think that's good too. Yeah, I'm like, I'm super fresh on this. I think this card is really strong and it works really well with flick knives, like I said. Yeah, this card's pretty awesome. I'm almost not like surprised they they made it, but like this soon. Like I I, I would have seen this yep. in like a future assassin set. And there are some other cool stuff outside of flick knives. It works well with I think like cash out. You can you can pop mm. this to go you know get some some coins. <laughs> Is it knickknack bric-a-brac that you can pop this to go get items? Yeah. And then get the Graven Call back, you know, if you have the silver. It's it's really, really neat. I, I love this card. I love the design. I, I love that we're just going to keep getting a suite of daggers. And, and that's so cool. And guess what? I Brian Godley is going to throw cards at Assassin until it's the best, best class of the game. I tell you that. And it's even more obvious with the next card, which is Coercive Tendency, which is... An Arachne specialization. It's a blue cost zero. Assassin attack reaction. It blocks three. Blue cost zero. Attack reaction. Look at the top three cards of the defending hero's deck. Put them back in any order. Then banish the top card of their deck. If you complete a contract this way, your assassin attacks get go again. This combat chain. I mean... Uh, this is a fresh to death in Arachne, obviously. I mean, this is a, a no-brainer. I, I love this card. I, I understand that it's doing some stuff that other cards could already do in a way, but it does it so much more efficiently. Uh, it's doing what Arachne wants to do, banish stuff off the top, deck manipulation. It's kind of firing on all, all cylinders here. This is like the easiest fresh to death card i've seen ever like I, I don't even have to question it it's like obvious just yeah shoot it in there <laughs> yeah like why would you play an arachne deck without playing this card <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's so good the thing that i really like about it too is like you have obviously because this is an attack reaction you've attacked with a card that likely has contract in some capacity already if you uh attack react with this you look at the top three cards. If you see two cards that can uh, satisfy the contract, 
You can put them back uh, as the top two cards, banish one of them with this, complete the contract, give your things go again. And then when your thing hits, it'll probably banish the top card again. You fulfill the contract again, you get two silver, and then you just keep going. Like, And it's a blue block three. <laughs> like, They didn't need to make this card just so good, but they did. Um, yeah like high fresh to death in arachne this is like the arachne card um i think it could have been legendary to be honest <laughs> yeah yeah you could have only been able to play one of this card and i think it'd still be way too good <laughs> well you know like i said brian gottlieb is gonna just yeah keep trying keep trying buddy <laughs> see what happens what does ancestral harmony do so ancestral harmony is a ninja card it is a majestic ninja card, uh, like all of the uh, expansion slot cards are. It's a blue zero that blocks for three. I've literally been mentioning it this whole time. Zero blue, uh, blue zeros that block three are really good in ninja. Um, it also reads your attacks with combo get plus one this turn. And banish the top card of your deck. If it has combo, you may play it this turn. Go again. This card is... A lot of people have been equating it to Art of War. It's kind of Art of War. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a blue, kadachiable Art of War um, in that it, it, even if you don't want to play it, it still allows you to kadachi. Um, and, 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 if block. You, you, <laughs> and block. It blocks. Why does it block? This is, I don't. Huh. Um, yeah, I actually have gotten the opportunity to play against this card um, already. Just a little bit of a spoiler for some future, uh, Goliath Gauntlet content that we're going to be, uh, revealing. But yeah, one of my, one of my friends that was playing against me was playing a ninja deck that was running this card and it didn't come up super frequently, but one of the times it did, it presented a total value of, I think nine. Um, it added nine damage to the turn. <laughs> like uh, this there. And like, I was thinking about it as well. The, the times that I've played Art of War and just completely bricked anyway, this has the same possibility to do that. But it's still a consistency card that can, if you build your deck in a way that you play more combo cards so that this is going to hit and it is going to like be more relevant, then yeah, this card could be a zero for five even. Zero for five is great because even if you buff one attack and you banish a thing that you then get to play that has three attack or something. That's still good. I'd still play that. Um, yeah, I think this card's crazy. I think this card's at least a high fresh. Uh, really big fan, and I'm putting putting this in... It, it doesn't go in every ninja deck. That's the downside. But in the ones where you're playing a large percentage of combo cards, this card's crazy. Really good. Yeah, I think high fresh is a, is a great rating for it. I think that it has some nice variants to it, right? Like, you can whiff, and that's, like, kind of mid, right? And you're just like, whatever. But when it hits, you're just like, well, you know, good game. Here we go. Uh, it is it is scary, and I don't know if Ninja really needed it, to be honest. But who am I to say? Who am I, who am I to say? But uh, no, that card is super cool. Uh, next, we got a new Evo. Just when you thought we weren't getting any more <laughs> Mechanologist cards. We got one oh, more. Thank you. God, I thought we were going to go one set without getting a Mechanologist uh, no. card. <laughs> Evo Magneto, which is a Evo card, which is a, it's a blue, uh, cost one. It is a Mechanologist action equipment, Evo arms. It blocks for two. If you have a base arms equipped, transform it into this, then equip this. 
When this defends, you may destroy a card under it if you do gain control of target item with cost zero or one controlled by the attacking hero, and it has temper. This is a sideboard card. Uh, that's basically it. I get, There's very few decks that actually really, really like make this that great. I think it's like Dash IO, and maybe, maybe even OG Dash to a certain extent, and some Teclovasen decks as well. I guess you can steal like a hyperdriver from Max, but like even then, like are you really gonna use that? I mean, it it is negative value for your opponent. Yeah, this is like a sideboard low fresh, maybe, maybe high stale. I, I this is not what Teclavasa needed. I don't think this solves any problems here. Yeah, I I don't think so either. Um... Like thinking about it, it does give you the option to steal gold tokens. Oh, true, true. Yeah, but like even then, I don't, I don't know that this is necessarily something that you want to do because it itself is not a base. So it, this is the arms that you're transforming into if you, if you end up using this. Um, so you're like putting your entire arm slot on this to steal two items from your opponent, which is like you say, it's negative value for your opponent. I do like that, but against. Um, against other mechanologists, which they'll likely have items in play other than golds. Like you can steal, I think the highest value one that I can think of is stealing a Teclacore. Mm -hmm. um, but even then, I don't know. Um, I think it's sideboard, probably high stale, maybe mid stale even. I might be a little bit lower on it than you are, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's fine, um, but. I think it it is more to serve a purpose than it is like a flashy card. It's something that you want to use to sort of trip up your opponent um, instead of be proactive about something that you're doing. Uh, it's a very reactive card. Yeah, certainly. And it gives your opponent a, an opportunity to kind of play around it too, which I don't really love. But, um, yeah. but you know, instant speed is a thing in Teclavasen, so that's also that's true. something. Yeah, you could mess up your opponent before blocks. Do you want to read our dear friend Az's uh, card here? So, uh, so a little bit of backstory. I was he was with me in Barcelona when uh, he got the email for this card, and he lost his mind. And it is so understandable why. Uh, this is Judge, Jury, and Executioner, which we lovingly refer to as Judge Judy. Um, this is a uh, Ranger attack action. Uh, arrow uh it is a one cost red that attacks for five and blocks for three it is the legendary azalea specialization so like we were kind of saying with course of tendency you can only play one of this card this is you get one copy and thank the lord because if this has an aim counter it gets when this hits a hero they discard all but one card from their hand yeah fresh to death I fresh to death. This card's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you, this is the reason to play aim counters. Mm -hmm. This is the reason like you build a deck around it so that when this comes up, you have the ability to just put an aim counter on this and have the effect. Give it dominate, give it plus three and a blood rot token on hit. Like have, have rain razors in hand when your opponent feels like they've blocked enough from it. And then they only get to keep one card. Like, this card's nuts. The fact that you can only play one of this card is super fantastic. Although, technically, you can still play four because we have Codex of Frailty, yeah. um, which was definitely a well designed card. Am yeah, I right? Yeah, um, yeah. 
Well, luckily we have that that card we just talked about. It totally blanks yeah. it, not really enough for Judge Judy. Yeah, right? still Excuse get Judge Judy back. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so this card's crazy. High, high fresh death in Azalea. If you're playing an Azalea deck, you play one of this card. There's no reason not to. Um, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the opportunity cost here is pretty low. You just gotta play one. It's taking up one slot in your deck, and yeah, I mean, you said it all. This de- this card is quite good. The effect is really good. You got to be able to give aim counters, which it's becoming increasingly easy for ra- rangers. So yeah, uh, easy fresh to death for Azalea. Now I do. I'm excited to talk about this next one. <clears throat> this one came across, got spoiled while I was actually in the middle of a Riptide versus Dash IO match at the Realm Brawl in Columbus. I oh, I had my sick. my Apple Watch on and I all I all I saw was like a Discord notification come up say, "Oh my god, Riptide." And I was just like, "I got to finish this game real quick cuz something's going on." <laughs> we have Real In, which is a blue Ranger instant cost X and it has an effect that says, "Look at the top X cards plus 1." Uh, of your deck, choose up to four traps, reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle, reload. So, I mean, this is pretty wild, right? So <laughs> it's it's saying, hey, like, play the traps. There are certain matchups where traps are not good. That's a very real thing for Riptide. Obviously, Azalea can play this too. She can play the traps as well. <laughs> the reload clause here makes the... Uh, not uh, pitfall traps and the crew traps a lot more playable yeah. in Riptide, which they were kind of fringe. You know, it's it's a little bit clunky to play them sometimes. So where I see this is you almost pitch stack or wait towards the end of the game when you just have like a bunch of traps and your opponent's kind of hoping that they can kind of win, and you're just like, I'm gonna just play real in, draw four traps, and kind of deal four plus damage to you. There's yeah. situations where you can go. Play this, load a crew trap from your hand into Arsenal, play the crew trap, uh, <laughs> let this resolve, draw your things, reload another crew trap, play it, play a trap from hand, play another pitfall. Or, yeah. There is some crazy stuff you can do with this card. That being said, I think it's like a high fresh. It's not like a fresh to death or anything like that. <laughs> there is some really cool stuff that you can do, like turn zero with it or turn one, just kind of like, get some stuff going, uh, get something into your arsenal, etc. Kind of fix up your hand a little bit. Uh, but uh, I do like this card quite a bit. Um, it's not more than a one of, I don't think, in, in Riptide. And that's okay. I think this card's really cool. Uh, so I'm going to give it high fresh. Uh, I'm excited to play around with it. Yeah, I, as, as a, a Trap Ranger... Uh as not a trap ranger player i should say um i was very much looking forward to your input on this because i had no idea how to think of it in the in the broad scheme of things but i do like it i do love the the possibility of this just being a draw four um which is something that the game doesn't have yet it's it's yet another ranger card that draws more cards than it should um and yeah i i think that it's really funny like you're saying the uh the concept of doing this in your opponent's attack like step and just being like okay now all of a sudden i have all these traps and now like you're gonna take four damage and all of these the effects of the traps that you're gonna have to deal with too um 
yeah, I think there's enough traps at this point that you could just build a deck of only traps plus like some like maybe two real ins um, just to really get like extra value. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'll agree with you uh, mostly because I, I believe you. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's yeah. cool because like Riptide's like a, a a deck, especially with Trench, that you can at a minimum filter this out of your hand at some point if you don't yeah. if if they don't present something that you can trap kill them or something like that, which is really neat. But it's basically a Sonata for Rangers, and well, guess what? Runeblade got another Sonata. What is it? Yeah, they sure did. This one is uh, Sonata Galaxia. Uh, it is a red runeblade action that blocks for two, and it has cost XX, uh, which we've seen multiple times. Uh, so what do you have? What do you get for paying two X into this? Uh, well, first of all, it costs one resource less to play for each rune chant you control. So you, you get to increment it by one for each two rune chants you have, essentially. And this reads: uh, Search your deck for a runeblade aura with cost X or less. Put it into the arena, then shuffle. And then if, if X is two or more, this gets go again. So obviously the, the pay into this is pretty significant. You would have to, if you don't have rune chance in play, you'd have to pay four to make it two to give it go again. Um, and then you'd also get a rune blade aura. And most of them are not super exciting. There is one that actually did get um, errated so that it would work with this card, uh, which is rune blood barrier. Uh, Runeblood Barrier initially was on play, uh, so it wouldn't have counted by just putting it into the arena, but they have changed it so that if you get it off of Sonata Galaxia, it does make you four rune chance. Um, however, I do believe it costs four, so... Oh no, it does cost three, so you'd have to pay six into this, or have six rune chance um, in order to get yourself a Runeblood Barrier to go up to ten rune chance, and then this would still have go again. I think this is one of those cards that as the game matures and as more Runeblade auras uh, become available, this will likely get a lot better. Um, but as of right now, it's kind of an underwhelming card, to be honest. Um, I, I was watching a lot of Runeblade people talk about it when it was first spoiled. And it's like right now, the most exciting thing you can do is get Runeblood Barrier, which is you're paying four resources instead of three to search it from or no you're paying six resources instead of three to search it from your deck and get four rune chance which is whatever uh you can also get the invocations from uh everfest that give you value over subsequent turns but yeah it's it doesn't actually do a lot i think somebody else said you can get looming doom with it which is true um which is just kind of funny, looming doom on command. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel this card. I don't see its use. So I think I'm pretty like stale on it overall. But this is another again one of those cards that could get better as more things come out. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm definitely going to lean into that side of this card. Certainly, um, I think this will end up being like some kind of staple at some point. And currently, I, I don't know if it's pushing Runeblade in the, in the direction that it needs to go. But there are some uses here. You know, just having one Rune Chant and pitching a blue into it. All of a sudden, it does get go again. You can go get Looming Doom or whatever. And um, that is good and, and kind of like a cool toolboxy thing. There is variance. Not, not variance here, but you do have to be able to support this card within your deck. 
Uh, that being said, maybe a high stale currently, but the the that's the floor I think, and and then it will will kind of climb yeah. from there as we get more cards. Now, next we have Aether Arc, a wizard action, which actually isn't really that exciting to be honest. It's a blue zero cost wizard non attack action that blocks three. Deal one arcane damage to each opposing hero. Create a ponder token for each hero dealt damage this way. This is a UPF card, and Oop. that's cool, I guess. But uh, how many ponders do you need? I think you only need one, I guess. But <laughs> but maybe maybe there's a, a reason to have more in UPF that I'm not seeing. Uh, for for me, this is UPF zone, um, yep. and that's it. And that's where I'm leaving it. Yeah. It it lives in the UPF zone. I don't think this we're gonna run into another uh, warmongers issue with this one specifically. I, hope not. I think a lot of people were a lot of people were upset about this card specifically. Like, oh, I guess wizards are just never getting a good card ever again. <laughs> and uh, I do tend to agree. I think it's like it's like in UPF. I think it is good. Um, but I also misread it initially and thought that it was create a ponder token for each damage dealt this way. Mm. So I was thinking about it with the like buff cards. So if you're in UPF and you buff this up to like four damage to each player, uh, then it's like, oh, I get 12 ponder tokens, <laughs> well, uh, which would be hilarious, but it doesn't work that way. So it doesn't. Now I will say, you know, just to kind of put on a tinfoil hat, we, they, there's talks of a arcane set at some point, obviously a lot of wizards running around. If, if if this set's proven anything, LSS loves memes. There's going oh, yeah. to be an orb that cares about pondering. And, oh, yes. And when that or it's like sacrifice a ponder to do something is going to be pretty <laughs> funny. And this is going to be a staple in whatever deck that is. It's just like a super <laughs> ponder of orbs. Yeah, it's um, going to be like an offhand, like ponderous orb. <laughs> yeah, which is going to be dope. It's going to be really sweet. Um, <laughs> We have, what, two more cards here? Dissolve yeah. reality. What does this do? Uh, so the final two cards are illusionist cards, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, so we have dissolve reality as the first of the two. <laughs> Thumbs down from Mr. Tommy Fresh. Um, so dissolve reality is an illusionist action that blocks for three. Uh, it is a yellow that costs zero. So honestly, that stat line on its own is great. Uh, turns on Luminaris. Uh, blocks for three is something that illusionist cards. At least the the non-attacks generally don't do. They usually block for two. Uh, and this one is each hero puts all cards in their arsenal on the bottom of their deck and creates a ponder token. And go again. Um, so extremely interesting because this gives you a way to interact with your opponent's arsenal um, without having to play Command and Conquer and sort of mess up the, the style of your deck that you're trying to do. Um, I... Don't know exactly if this is better than something like Lost in Thought, which was hand disruption. Um, it's a good thing that this card isn't red because then this would just be another tool for Dromai and everybody knows that we don't need that. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I like the fact that this is yellow. Um, I am interested to see the release notes to see if... I don't think it's tied to the hero putting a card from their arsenal on the bottom of the deck so i think this just creates a ponder token at base mm-hmm. um because it would say if they do cre- they create a ponder token or something similar so this is also just kind of a draw a card later in the turn type deal so honestly i, I kind of like this i i might even see if i can fit this into um aggro prison 
just as like another yellow that sometimes does some cool stuff. Um, yeah, it's a it, it's another one in the long line of uh, sort of tech illusionist cards. So I don't know, sideboard low fresh. I'll say um, I do like it, but compared to Lost in Thought, it doesn't do quite as much. Yeah, oh, God, this is a really hard one to evaluate because I hate it. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> like, uh, I think it's good. It's certainly good. There is some downside, right? If your opponent doesn't have any arsenal, you're just giving them a ponder token too. So, yeah. like, it's it's pretty net neutral, almost worse for you in a way when it gets to that point. So you don't even want to play it at that point. But you can block mm-hmm. for three. It is a yellow that matters. Oh man. Uh, it, I think against I guess like like Azalea or like if Lexi was still around. I mean, mm-hmm. this is probably pretty. Uh, it matters a lot for uh, what do you call it? Uh, Living Legends format, right? Like where Lexi oh, yeah. is running around, and you can kind of like Prisms also like o- OG Prisms running around as well, and then gives mm-hmm. her another tool. Yeah, I think this is probably like a fresh, but like it sometimes it's going to operate rotten, and sometimes going to operate like fresh to death, and. Yeah. That's just where it's going to live. And I think that's probably good. I, I like cards like that. Like, you got to have to, like, you got to understand the consequences of playing something that has this powerful of an effect. So, dissolve yeah. reality. It's, uh, again, another card in the long line of, like, illusionist cards that when you look at them, you're like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what, what is this? Like, why do they get that? That's like, you know, not cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we have well, they've they've called it uh, new Numenaris, um, uh, which we had Luminaris and Numenaris. Now we have new Numenaris, Luminaris, yeah. Angels Glow, Light Illusionist Weapon, Scepter, Two Handed. That's a majestic. If there is a yellow card in your pit zone, the first attack action cards with Herald in its name, you play each turn, and your first angel attack each turn gets go again. This is a much-needed buff for the new Prism. Is yep. it good enough to make her the truth? It might be. I think this is quite a powerful effect and back-to-form on, on Luminaris in terms of the yellow matters. I, I'm not super stoked about this card, but uh, it, it's here. <laughs> it is here, and um, I, I, I like the Heralds and Angels mattering as opposed to the uh, the auras mattering, right? Because the auras were what made the original Luminaris really oh, yeah. feel busted. So yeah, I think this is a lot more fair. But that being said, it's still like a high fresh. I think. I mean, I mean, you could argue that it is a fresh to death because I think New Prism has to play this. Not has to. Iris is still pretty good, but yeah, yeah, like. For me, again, because I play this stupid, uh, bad Blitz deck, um, I was I, I played it against one of my friends. Uh, shout out, Carly. You're not listening to this, but um, I, I was playing against them with uh, my Aggro Prism deck, and I was explaining to them what Luminaris does. And uh, I prefaced it with, by the way, this card is not okay. This card is broken. This card should not have been printed, whatever. So I'm glad that they didn't just do that again. Um, but I do think that this is significantly stronger than the rehashed Luminaris that they initially gave Prism, uh, at least new Prism, because this does play directly into what she wants to do. Um, she wants heralds to hit her soul, and she wants to make angels. 
Um, so giving both of those go again means that her turns become very impactful, um, like very, very strong. You're probably not going more than this allows you to do a three wide. You're probably not going more than three wide on an average prism turn, but you can now. Um, and I think that's quite strong. Yeah, I think that this is honestly like low fresh to death. I think that this potentially becomes the truth. Um, yeah, very strong. Um, there was a lot of doom saying on Twitter when this card got revealed, and I don't disagree. <laughs> yeah, well, they better hope this is the truth because we don't need to see new, 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 new Moneris at any point. <laughs> new, 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 new <laughs> Well, Bill, we did it. Another review in the books. This was a fun set. This was this is a, a lot of fun. I think it's a killer. I'm super happy with it. How about you? I am also really happy about it. I, I thank you for uh, your patience. I feel like I, I talked a lot on my my turns with stuff, but it's just because you know I'm I'm really excited for what the set has to like has to bring to the game. Um, I'm really impressed. Again, I mentioned it a couple times with like how well a lot of the cards are designed. Like everything works really well together. They have really obvious themes that aren't like they're heavy handed in that you can trace where they're supposed to go, but they're not heavy handed in that. It's like, oh, here's another one of these. Here's another one of these. You can see the purpose for all of the cycles and how they work within their classes. So just a really sick set. And you got a bunch of really cool brute stuff, and I'm really happy for you. <laughs> I did. I did. But, like you know, part of me always falls a little bit in love with some of the new heroes, too. Like Olympia definitely has my heart, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Me too. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, anybody who's listened this far, well, thank you. You're the best. Um, Bill thank is you. the best because he does this, uh, you know. And <laughs> we, we both just, like... It's, I always, I, I want the listener to know, I always offer Bill, you don't have to do this. <laughs> you know, you have an out now. And, yeah. and this, if anything, this, I'm holding Tommy hostage. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like I, I'm waiting for you to say no. So it's like, oh, well, Bill couldn't do it. So I can't do it. No. <laughs> no, no. Bill's the best. I couldn't do it with anybody else. I don't think it would be, it wouldn't be the same. But Bill, please tell everybody that stuck around where they can find you. Um, and everything that's uh, you're doing uh, fab related and otherwise. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like you were saying, this is something that I look forward to every set. So I'm, I'm glad that you keep inviting me onto it. It's always a really, really fun time. And uh, yeah, I've been Bill from the Spike Feeders. Uh, you can find me on social media at BillTSF. Uh, I am tenuously active on Twitter, um, but you can find me there. Um, and uh, because I'm from the Spike Feeders, you can also find me on YouTube at uh, the Spike Feeders Fab. We do live edited gameplay content, usually in a Blitz format, uh, something that we call the Goliath Gauntlet, where we pit a Blitz deck versus a bunch of different decks to sort of give it a vague idea of what it would uh, play against in those, or what it would play like against those uh, different matchups. Um, and yeah, this is always such a great time. Uh, I'm really glad that we were able to do this, and I'm really excited about this set. I genuinely really want to build like a KO deck. Um, I think that he's going to be really fun. I think I might also, after all of this and all of our um, whining about how much of a little prissy baby he looks like, I might want to build a Victor deck. <laughs> Victor seems cool, you know, like as a deck, not as a yeah, person. Yeah, but like. <laughs> Oh, he seems so snotty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, he's, he's Draco Malfoy. Yeah, it really is. Um, <laughs> God, uh, yeah, I, I'm super excited to build. I've already built a, a lot of Rhinar decks, to be honest. I'm like, I, I gotta like see how this control discard works with him, but it looks yeah. like it's gonna be good. Now, you can continue to find me. On Twitter at FreshBudsPod. Check out the link tree below. We have the Buds Discord. It's a great place to hang out. The Patreon is at back up and running now. Um, you know, now that we're in the new year, take a look. It's one tier, $3 a month, just a cup of coffee or sugar-free Red Bull or something else, uh, whatever you want for a month. And that helps keep the lights on the mics hot. And the YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. Go check out the Assault and Battery Spoiler video, that was like a lot of fun to make. Check out the Spike Feeders content. They're the best. And uh, Living Legends podcast, we love those guys over there. Uh, thank you all. Enjoy Heavy Hitters. See you next time. Stay fresh. See you around, everybody.